numbers going on. All right, guys. Welcome to Cinco de Drinco. Cleveland Moto Podcast Edition. Episode number 424. Um, I've got a delightful margarita. House margarita. I've got a Mexican lager. Sleepy, what you drinking, buddy? Uh, Athletic brewing something or other. Athletic. So would you say that you're an athletic supporter? I am. Okay. Very athletic build, too. Hey, good. Uh, Tom's our bartender. He's in the background. Uh, What's he drinking? I have a margarita, and I just poured one of the long drinks. A long drink. The long drinks are delightful. I am double fisting. Mr. Mecklefresh. Noble Beast uh, into the Void, a Munich-style dark lager. We will be mentioning Noble Beast later because (laughs) there's an event coming up. We're very happy about that. And then, Mr. Kromke, what do you have down there? I'm drinking the same thing John is, but oh, for show and tell, I did bring something. Uh-oh. Oh, yes, tell us more, Dan. Here we go. So, I ordered this online. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Oh, yeah. Uh-oh. This is, this is the Bourbon Blaster 3000. The Bourbon yeah. Blaster 3000. Oh, whoa, holy oh, yeah. shit. Oh, yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We did pre-test. So, oh, right in it. Oh, right in his mouth. That's fantastic. No, 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 that wasn't right in my mouth. Did you get maced? <laughs> well, it's, it's, it fell over, Dan. It fell over. Do oh, I have no. it on, on mist? I have a drinking problem. <laughs> but, As in, I can't get it in my mouth. Okay, oh, now, no. I have, it, I have questions. Lot, that so that's battery operated in the handle? Right. Oh. You got to do a point not, blank. Not like, sleeping. Point blank. Don't try to go for the long shot. That You're not work. trying to go not for over the board. area, not co- over the board. area coverage. Uh, uh, no, that's not going to. No. That's, no. Yeah, that, <laughs> 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 oh, that's yeah, amazing. Who wants to drink from that's the fire hose? Yeah, that's <laughs> so that worked out about as well as I thought. Dan Kromke, who's 30% blind. I have the. With the gun, <laughs> he's he's shooting by ear and he's double deaf. I, I, you I, would not work at Benihana. I swear, <laughs> officer, I had I had nothing to drink this evening, guys. You'd, you'd get fired. <laughs> it's bourbon bukkake. <laughs> this is for our OnlyFans. Oh my goodness! What? A, yeah, look at that! It's doing quite the work right like, there. Oh yeah. like an ounce every five seconds. Okay, go ahead and let, let, distribute that again, Dan. Stop. Three. There you go. That's a healthy portion. Yeah. That's a generous portion. So that is drinking from the fire hose. And there's a couple of double A batteries inside that son bitch. Four of them. So there's no, there's no, uh, what you call it? There's no pressure in the vessel. Four pounds. No. Okay. So it's not really a garden sprayer anymore. They, well, they make garden sprayers that actually have electric. That's that. That's what I use for killing ants at my house. So that it's, you yeah. don't have to pump it. You don't have, it has a little motor and the yeah, battery. Yeah. That's my ant stuff. My well, ortho this stuff. This stuff is made it. for barbecue. So it's it's food safe. That's a good idea. Well, what I like especially about that is that you can use any container. Yeah. You could put. You need to be able to put it right on a bottle. That's the trick. So the trick is. I already looked at big clear bottles that go right on this thing. Yeah. Yeah, with well, a backstrap. I mean, I mean right, put it right in the bourbon. That's what I'm I mean, saying. Like, I, just we, put a, we, we have that technology. We can figure yeah, it out. Yeah, especially can be made. Especially if it's a screw top bourbon. Right. So a screw top bourbon's perfect. You don't, you know, you don't spill it. Right. Right. That's brilliant. <laughs> or you just make a cork that you can screw into that. And you, into yep. the other stuff. I agree. I think that's a great idea. Bourbon Fairy is going to be on point this year. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, only at close oh, range. Burby, bourbon Fairy upped his game. Range. Oh, I have a feeling once Bourbon Fairy gets dialed. Kind of like. No, no, no. We don't want to miss it. 
No, because somebody's going to breathe. You yeah. ever try to breathe it's in Mr. and you get that vapor? Mr. Yeah. Barbecue oh. Mister. <laughs> it's Mr. Barbecue Mister. <laughs> that would be Mr. Mister. We're going to have to print it down the slide. Yeah. Bourbon, bourbon Blaster 2000. The Bourbon Blaster <laughs> <laughs> that was a very overrated band of the 80s. It was Mr. Mr. Yeah, coming yeah. coming soon to our OnlyFans. Yeah. Mr. Yeah. Squared. The uh I'm so that's recovering a, from being blasted. No, I have to <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Chris. I really missed on that last shot. <laughs> kind of again. I didn't, again, I didn't I, hear it. I didn't get it Again, the money shot is only available <laughs> exactly. to I, uh, I shot it all over his face. I, I the, the money point. shot only available at ten dollars and over. At the ten dollar <laughs> Patreon level, you'll get a money shot. I got the bourbon Pass this down to Chris so he can actually drink some of it. <laughs> now, what do you have loaded into the Bourbon Blaster 2000? Was it, oh, it's uh, it's Bullet Rye. It's Bullet. bullet. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, great. It's Bullet Rye. Oh, that's fantastic. You're good for us. Yeah. And a Merry Christmas was had by all. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> soon to be a Merry Christmas. Well, he, asked, he asked me, he says, what's your, cheap, what's your cheapest uh, What's your cheapest whiskey? I said, well, I got, I got Bullet. Because <laughs> the, bar, the bar's a little, the bar's a little high power right now. <laughs> We're not throwing it away. We're drinking it. Oh, so. I know. No, but I also like the I fact like that it also doubles as ant killer too. It does. It will. I, I just, was, a, just I'm a not slight drinking borax it. I feel like finish. I'm wearing it. <laughs> well, again, it's a facial. So, God, do you I know what younger. I'm missing the most about this Cinco de Mayo? What's that? Cinco de Mexican. Oscar. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm missing Ox- Oscar yeah, right now. Yeah. I'm missing Oscar sitting here looking sad about the appropriation of the culture <laughs> and sitting here going, like, yeah, this is worse than St. Patty's Day. Down to Crunky. Because this oh, is totally St. Pedro's Day. Well, well, yeah. nobody's French, right? Ooh, no. Yeah. Okay, then we don't have to beat anybody. No, no, no. no. Yeah. no that's exactly yeah. it. You're fine. Why You're don't you have good. tequila in there? Cinco de Mayo. Well, I mean, yeah. I, I, there's tequila. We right have here. tequila here. <laughs> not, not that I'm we got drink you covered. Right. Exactly. <laughs> don't need a loader. I love the audio. The audio of that is spectacular. <laughs> the audio of that gun. The bourbon gun. The bourbon yeah. gun. I feel like yeah. you could paint a car with that thing, probably. I'm sure you could. Strip a car, yeah. maybe. <laughs> that is one step better technology than the Harbor Freight Power Painter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That is truly one step better. Oh, man. Nope. So I am missing Oscar. So I know Oscar's going to listen to this because he's a loyal listener. No. And Oscar, we miss you, God yeah. damn it. We yeah, miss Oscar you. Oscar for crying out yeah. loud. Synchro- I drove past uh, Senor today on one of my 17 uh, trips <laughs> to the gas station, prepping bikes and stuff. And I drove past Senor and it smelled so good. Like they were laying in the carne asada. So I drove by and I just got a whiff of that strong, strong flavor. And I was like, oh, man, I want to go to I want to go to. See Senor tonight before I go to the podcast. Mm. Then I realized, oh no, Cinco de Mayo, you can't go near that place oh, today. Oh no, no. I only had but one she, goal for today, and that was to get Mexican food, and that's not gonna happen. Uh, I have, I have tortilla chips upstairs, but the the mm. um the sloppy joes may or may not go with them. Do we put some cumin in with them? And sloppy joes have go cumin with everything. upstairs. Yeah. So if you want No, it's all right. All right. I had a sloppy john, it was good. A sloppy john's pretty <laughs> look, the food layout tonight, the food that we have to say, the Rats oh, yeah. Keller, the Rats Keller continues to deliver. <laughs> Because the Sloppy Joe's pulled pork last hey, time. Sloppy Joe's craft services. Craft off the services hook. is off the hook here, man. <laughs> yeah, we've really stepped it up a notch with the craft services side of things. Um, it's good. So definitely big thumbs up to Cinco de Mayo. So that's a we love that. That's a, that's a good thing. And I'm I I I yeah. Chihuahua. <laughs> and demonetized. Okay. Oh. So. <laughs> I guess we could have put tequila in the 
We could have. The we should have. We should have. I mean, there's. Uh, if you're thinking ahead think about that, that's true. That is true. We 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 did not plan accordingly. Mm-hmm. This has been a bad day all around. There there should have been carne asada. Oh my god! Walking taco, like the like the one the first time when with the tacos. I'm going to. I'll be very clear and say that a bag of Fritos opened up. Dump in the uh, the, oh, oh, the chili mac, yeah. chili mac, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you're done. Oh yeah, you're just done. Dump in the chili mac on top of the Fritos. Oh yeah. The IX Center figured out how to charge twelve dollars for that shit, <laughs> and I will never forgive them. And I was always like, "What idiot will pay for that?" And then I bought one, and then you realized and I was it's like, worth the twelve dollars. Yeah, this is so oh, yeah. much better than nachos. <laughs> So yeah, that was the walking taco really took it to the next level. <laughs> See, when uh, I first heard somebody say a walking taco, I yeah. was like, where is she? <laughs> oh. Hey, oh. Bump. Uh, demonetized. And demonetized. <laughs> there needs to be a button for that. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, So you guys may have heard me mention on our podcast, some of our listeners, uh, one of our listeners and patrons is named Scrap Talk. Yeah, yeah. I right? remember Scrap Talk. I got to meet Scrap Talk. <laughs> really? He came into the shop. Oh, shit. He's buying a G400C. Oh, well done. Nice. Oh. A red one? Or a He's green buying one? a green one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking dude is awesome. All but right. but a, he's got uh he's got Parkinson's. What? Which just makes him more interesting. It's uh, uh huh. yeah, but I guess he's he's you know, he's had he's <laughs> He's the guy who's who I think is the test subject for the Roundup lawsuit. Oh. So apparently he's going through some shit right now. Oh, shit. So he's really going through some shit right now. So he's recovering some, you know, for some medical issues at the moment. So he's on a, a little bit of a timeout for the G400C. Yeah. But he's riding a big KTM when he's full powered. Right. Wow, but now yeah. he's on the DL. But he came in and checked out the G400C and. Threw a leg over it and pronounced it exactly what he was looking for. Nice. Did you ever see in that price range? Uh, <laughs> did you ever see the footage of the Roundup dude? He's on like a French television show and he's like the U.S. ambassador of Roundup. No, and the guy's oh, talking and, and the French ambassador is like, "You say it's safe," and he's like, "Of course it's safe." He goes, "We wouldn't we wouldn't put it out there if it wasn't." He said that you say it's so safe that you can drink it. He goes, "Yes." It's been tested in the factory. So the dude goes, great, because we happen to have a gallon here. And he puts yep. a glass in front of yep. the guy. No. And the guy refuses. He's just like, yep. I'm not stupid. <laughs> no shit. Yeah. I'm not stupid enough to drink the stuff I it told was you to awesome, say. Watch the documentary oh, on yeah. lead, oh, where yeah. the guy does drink. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and, and on black and, and white film. And that's the one that does end up dying. And he of died lead of lead poisoning yeah. not long after. Yeah, right. right he right. died of cancer, terminal cancer, not long after after yeah so there you go uh, you guys know that every year for a couple of weekends in october i disappear to detroit and i disappear to detroit to detroit for theater bazaar and i go to theater bazaar because it is my favorite overpowered halloween party and it is it's crazy the the term immersive is not accurate it's in a 10-story masonic temple it's more like insertive they that band, yes. the, the Theater Bazaar band, played New Orleans, and w- I went to go see them. They were amazing. They're amazing, yeah. The Theater Bazaar Orchestra. Oh yeah, their house band. If you want to buy a CD of really good, but also kind of like it, spooky carnival sideshow carnival music, sideshow music. That's it, that. it's his own genre. They got that figured out. Yeah, man. and they oh, got yeah. it figured out. And they're about a twenty-piece orchestra. Yeah, really. So much fun. Watching them at Siberia, New Orleans was an experience. And I kept, I kept tagging you and Kyle. I was like, look, I'm, I, where are you guys and where what, what's yeah. going on? Two bands have yeah. been spawned from Theater Bazaar 
one, the first year Mukapatsa showed up and did a great job as a adult punk rock marching band. <laughs> and so they come through and it's the best thing you've ever heard. Guys playing electric guitars through little Mattel level speakers on, mounted <laughs> on their special kids, special needs helmets. Right. <laughs> and these are all degenerate band fags who've grown up to, oh, yeah. you know, continue that's, loving that's, music. That's what we do. But now Detroit being Detroit, they created the Detroit party band, which for certain events calls themselves the dead pirate band. Oh, nice. And they'll show up in dead pirate regalia and so much fun. But so that, and then of course the theater bazaar orchestra. So theater bazaar having conquered the month of October mm-hmm. has decided that they should now conquer April or may. May. Hmm. So may the fourth be with you. And so may the fourth be with you is all about space dive and space dive to put not too fine a point on it is the dive bar at the end of the galaxy. And so those of you, you know, wait, 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 you've yeah. said it wrong. Yeah, go ahead. Because if we're real geeks, yeah. it's the dive bar at the end of the universe. It is. Yeah, it is. We're not, you know, <laughs> good enough. No, it is, isn't it? The idea is everything that you remember from the star Wars cantina. Oh yeah. On a lower budget. Yeah. On just maybe not as much money. So you do, you are required to be in costume. There is no showing up without your costume. Right. Um, and there's that sense where you might be judged. Don't show up cheap. <laughs> this is the time to bring it. Yeah. This is the time to spend your money. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the music, the people, it's going to be good. It's going to be great. So I've got, uh, I'm going Saturday night, after, tomorrow night after work. So there, it's May the 4th, but they're just making it like May the 11th or something. No, it started yesterday. Oh, really? So it, they did Thursday night. They do Friday night, Saturday night. And th- I think Thursday or Friday is for the kids. Like it's it's for uh, all ages kind of okay, thing. Okay. The other nights are not for the kids. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> and uh, so that's, I can I can just assure you that that is not going to be for the children. Uh, are you going to tell us what your uh, costume is? My is? costume is taking a bit of a turn. He's going as Slave Leia. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I, I can't beat that. So, uh, what I've done is, who here saw the movie Alien? The, the original? Alien. Sigourney Weaver? Yeah, sure. Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going as Sigourney Weaver. If you're going to go with Sigourney in her underwear, I want to see this. <laughs> All right? Uh, no, I'm not. So I'm going as, you guys remember the face hugger? Yeah. yeah. Don't stare down into anything that looks like an egg sack. Yeah. All right. Because who the fuck would? Right. But we all remember that. So what I'm doing is a sort of an interpretation. I'm doing a NASA, a NASA jumpsuit. You know what you wear when you're in the shuttle, mm-hmm. but with the face hugger, meaning that our space program has stumbled upon the same fucked up planet. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. And so it's the combination of the NASA scientist or the NASA ast- NASA astronaut who's about to hatch a alien out yeah, of his out chest of his cavity. Chest, yeah. yeah, exactly. So that's kind of what I did. So uh, what, did you make a face hugger or did you get one? Or? I found one. Okay. It is and, and the you most can see through uncomfortable it? piece of shit you've ever found in your life. It's really accurate. It's, it looks good. Yeah. How are you going to drink with this? Did you drill a hole through it and put a I straw? I did. So <laughs> this particular face hugger mask has two little eye holes that are put in impossibly close together. Yeah. Right? I, it was not made for humans from this country. Uh, it was made for somebody else entirely. But what I found was if you wear it a little lower so you can see, 
right? So if you wear the face hugger a little lower on your face, what used to be eye holes become cocktail holes. <laughs> and I'll be taking with me a very long straw. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I can enjoy while I'm there. But yeah, that's the idea. So now, if you were slick, hugger. right? I'm slick. You'd, you'd wrap the straw around your head and only drink red drinks. Red so drink. it looks like there's <laughs> like blood flying around, you know? I'm not that slick. The, <laughs> apparently, I am not. And quite if, that slick. And if you squeeze its tail, it's an ovipositor. So you get actually yeah, a little bit of... Yeah, little bit that's of, the whole idea with the <laughs> ovipositor. Exactly. So... You yeah. mean a splorch? A splorch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We could splorch as much as you'd like to splorch. <laughs> the, uh, may the splorch be with you. Ah, there you go. And also with you. And also the, with you. Uh, but yeah, that's what I'll be doing. And all your spawn. Let, it, <laughs> let us pray. Let us pray. <laughs> so I'll be doing that tomorrow night. That's, gonna, that's what I'm up to. A uh, quick down dirty fast trip to Detroit for a party. And that's, that's my favorite way to do it. So seems to be the only way to go to Detroit is just down and dirty. Just, just get go. there. Just, yeah. just get there and make it happen and get the fuck out. Right. <laughs> that really is. That's about it. The, uh, I can't say en- enough about these. When somebody puts way too much time and effort into just a bad idea. Well, I'm AMA vintage days. It becomes the city of new Orleans. It's, it's, it's exactly <laughs> what we do. The uh, so yay uh, wanted to spend a, a brief moment. I wanted to spend a brief, brief moment talking about the Italjet dragster <sighs> because we announced it as a super secret. This might happen, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we we announced it as a super secret, a little bit of insider information kind of thing, right? And it turns out that a little bit of insider information paid off because it's real now. Uh, it exists. It's a thing that actually exists on the planet. And it turns out that uh, we're getting them. So that's a big, <laughs> big deal. Uh, you know what? Let me ask you something. Yeah. When uh, with that front end. Yeah. Does it does, so it doesn't have dive when you break, right? That's the idea. So, I mean, for a smaller yeah. wheel bike like that, mm-hmm. that probably changes the aspect of how it handles completely. It does. Okay. Yeah, it does. I've ridden, I've ridden a bunch of them and they are... They're pretty fucking awesome. They, uh, but the difference was when they came out the first time around, when they existed in their first generation 20 years ago, uh, more, what they lacked was the right powertrain. Mm-hmm. So you could get them with a 50cc, forget about that. You could get them with a 125 two stroke, and you can get them with a 180 two stroke. Mm-hmm. And the 180 two stroke was very rewarding, it was, it was fun to ride. And it did spool up and it did do all the stuff that, that, um, that you'd want a 182 stroke to do. And you, there were ample tuning kits for it and all kinds of cool shit that, that was never a problem. So now when it's coming out though, two strokes are kind of forbidden, right? We, we know that there's just not much in the way of two strokes um, that we can have legally and keep around. So what I'm happy about is the new one that's coming out uses a motor that I am a fan of. Uh, here many years ago at the shop, we had these bikes made by SYM called the HD 200s. Ooh. And in a very unfucking cool way, I said that it wasn't just a strong motor. It was retard strong. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it was like, this motor shouldn't be this fast, but an, a regular HD 200 would go almost 80 miles an hour on a big wheeled scooter chassis. And that was, I thought that was pretty badass in its day. 
But now we're taking that exact same motor and we're matching it with God's very own suspension system. So I'm pretty happy about that. I think that that's, I think that's a really good opportunity for us to have a very sexy scooter. Because even when you're talking about like a Vespa GTS or, you know, a Primavera, those are sexy scooters, but nothing about them says like, I'm going to handle particularly well, or I'm going to be fun or adventurous to ride. This on the other hand, actually, it looks like it's going to be fun. I think this is going to be an actually fun vehicle to ride. And because that motor platform has been around for quite a while, there's already gobs of tuning shit for it. So scaring an extra five or six horsepower out of this thing probably won't be too much of a problem. So I'm pretty excited about that. I, I wonder what they're going to do for rack. Like, you think people that buy these are going to buy racks <laughs> or anything? Because obviously there's no storage anywhere <laughs> yeah, I, on it. You know what? I, Sleepy, I think you're right. I think this is the, I think this is the fuck you. Yeah. I think this is the fuck you bike. I think this is the bike that just says, you know what? Get a backpack. Yeah, get a fucking bag. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> if you can read this, the R2 unit fell off, yeah. right? Uh, I, I just don't think that, I don't think that this is the kind of scooter that would even suggest commuting. No. Right? I don't think this is the kind of scooter that even suggests anything other than Fuck you, look at my scooter. Yeah, don't, now, t- are don't those, think you're going to Mark's on this thing. No. <laughs> so where that dude's feet are on that. That's the bitch pegs. Okay, so he's just using it like. like yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's got his feet up on the passenger pegs. That's all he's got going on right Wait, there. It doesn't even look like you could have a passenger. Well, John. Well, in Italy, the women can fit better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, point taken. I'm not getting a ride on one of those. <laughs> <laughs> That is that is exactly correct. Yeah, this is not for the well-fed or the well-endowed. I think uh, I really do think. No, that, no problem here. I think the scooter might be. I think the scooter might just be one of those things that you hate it until you look at it. You know, you, you know, know, having having fallen for this for twenty years, right? Yeah. Until you pull the first nail out of that crate, yeah, yeah, this yeah. bike does not exist. Yeah, well, I mean, the good news is they're arriving in customer hands in other countries already. And the people who spent the money to get into the United States are spending the money to get it um, homologated. Distributed. Uh, right, exactly. So Now, is this, is the back tire thicker like an actual? Oh, drink? yeah. <sighs> right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that is a fundamental design element so, to this vehicle. All right, okay. all right. Yeah. Let's 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 say almost it. to a ludicrous proportion. Yeah, let's, let's, go, let's go ahead and do it. Almost like you can't back up that tire. Yeah. <laughs> all right. How much does this bad decision cost? It's going to be in the ten range. Oof. Yeah. Oh no, no. This is a fuck you scooter, guys. Yeah. This is not. Nobody's trying to be price competitive here. <laughs> did, oh no, no. Did no. you happen to notice where the front suspension is? Yeah, it's that army thing. It's in the middle of the bike. Yeah, it's an army thing, or the arm it's goes that. Up. Oh yeah, yeah. no, it's this that. is this is a this is a Caesar's. This is yeah. this is yeah. exactly this is center Kajiva. hub steering. This is exactly yeah. where this you want to be with way too much money. Well, it's cheaper than the Justin Bieber. So, whoa, there oh, you go. That shot's fired, but well way, done. Way cheaper than the uh, yeah. Gucci bike. Uh, yeah, the yeah, you know, way cheaper than the rabbit bike. Oh no, what's cheaper the, um, than the bunny? That's right, what's, what's cheaper the, than the nine forty six bunny. What's the other one we can't actually get? The Christian Dior. Christian Dior is twenty three thousand dollars. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. Yeah, yeah, that's a uh, fuck that man. So anyway, 
I like to bring that up. I like the chocolate one myself. Yeah. <laughs> you have to take those out to Norwalk or, you know, the raceway. Like, Oof. you know what I mean? Like, that's the pit bike for the drag stars. I I feel, yes, that's the pit bike. Yes, I'm just exactly. Saying, yeah, this is an that is, dragster. Right, right. That is the Italjet dragster, which is the pit bike for your actual dragster. Just you saying. know what this would look good in the garage? This would look good in the garage next to your aerial Adam. Right? That would look really nice. Uh, you know, if... Uh, that's a that's a good combination, but I do think that this is the entering the zone of fuck you, no apologies, motor scooter. That's fine. Yeah, and and anybody who says like, well, you know, it, it, whatever, it's not. It's it's it needs a nitrous kit. Why not? <laughs> sure. Okay. Why the hell not? Do you think that any red blooded pasta slurping Italian speed junkie <laughs> is gonna ignore this fucking thing? No. They're going to sit up late at night dreaming about weird shit they can do to this bike. And you know who's going to make it all happen? Said Jumans. But you know what's weird? When you see this this cool of a scooter, it's kind of sucky not to see the tailpipe come out and curl around. You know what I mean? Like just, just, just having a big four-stroke thing. having just, a yeah. giant expansion chamber yeah, on there. Right, yeah. yeah. Having a giant fuck you expansion chamber on there is kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. yeah Even if I it is it. a four-stroke, we want expansion chambers <laughs> on there. <laughs> it sound awesome. <laughs> Through an exhale. That's man. you know, you know. I don't think I I don't think that and I have seen a few aftermarket exhausts yeah. that emulate <laughs> expansion chambers and we know they're on four stroke bikes. So oh, we're kinda yeah. like eh, we always you. laugh, they curl but it's, back. It's usually Chinese. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Kind of like fuck man, why'd Same you do guys that? that made the fake shocks. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, that we had a long discussion. We had a long discussion about <laughs> too long. <laughs> look, look, this is there it is, the virus nine eight seven C three four V, which is exactly the bike you're gonna own if this is your pit bike. The uh, I'm going to I'm going to bring up a picture so you guys can see what an expansion chamber on oh, a old dragster looks like, because it is it is a sex crime. Yeah. The uh, it's so cool looking, man. It's uh, I'll pull it up here in just a second. The uh, the biggest. So PM tuning, right? Paul, yeah. McClure, he did this pipe on a dragster that is just the most ridiculous fucking pipe. <laughs> but it is a true two-stroke tuning experience that we, you have to... And I do want to call attention to the picture here because look at the fucking carburetor directly above the fucking pipe because the, the carburetor is where children go to die. That will suck in anything. Including the hot air coming off exactly. the expansion yeah. chamber. So this, when you look at this picture of this particular expansion chamber... There's a lot of science there. There's a whole lot of science there. But this is purely about like 18,000 RPM liquid cooled 180 cc two stroke probably power band that's 2000 RPM <laughs> yeah, wide, yeah. right? And probably has like a 4000 stall on the clutch. Uh <laughs> it's it's a pretty I know it's not right. I know it's weird, but I like it. Mm-hmm. This is the old one. This is this is the original one. Yeah, right, right. And I do like it. I I can't. Uh, so if you melted down a Ducati six twenty, this is exactly it what is. You would it's it is. <laughs> this is this is the yeah. This is it's the six twenty. Just detuned. It's a very weird little bike. Yeah, it's a very weird little bike, and I love it. I can't help but love it. I I 
The Oof. first ones that came out, when the dragsters came out, I was just too big for it. So when I sat on a dragster, because I wanted to buy one, and the shop I was working at, we were going to be set up to be a dealer for them. Yeah. And so the first dragster that came out that wasn't a 50, I sat on it and I took it for a ride. And they all came with broken body work, you know, yeah. just typical, very they fragile. The, they had the worst plastic. Just garbage. Yeah. They were, they all arrived broken. So people took these broken blue and yellow and, you know, dragsters and then just waited for the body work to show up. But I took one for a ride and at even the full size 180 CC one, I didn't fit on under any circumstances. So then there was a smuggled in Jalera runner, which is this bike's contemporary with normal <laughs> suspension. And I fit on it. It just fit me perfectly. I was like, well, this is actually cut for big fellas. Same motor, didn't have the, you know, cantilever front suspension, but yeah. it had normal front forks. But to me, it was a much more rideable bike. Brakes worked great. Everything was cool. So I did a runner. I did a Jalera runner. But you could look at a runner from 20 feet away and just be like, that's fucking boring. There's nothing special about that. So you had to know what they were to care about them. So anyway, that's in the world of high-tech weird scooter shit. That's it. That's as far as we're going with that. Uh, anyone else look at your homework today? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh. Uh, get ready with, uh, get ready with some of your homework, but Chris brought up something brilliant at the shop the other day. No, it wasn't brilliant. It <laughs> was because it actually applies to your bike. So lead in with that because, because I kicked it and it hurt me. Oh dear. Talk about your Janus. Oh, Jane. Chris has an extremely tight Janus. The J is silent. Chris is tight. Janush. Janush. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's 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 building up pressure. Oh boy, is Uh-oh. it ever. So there you go. I let in. You let in. Okay. So Chris came to pick his bike up from winter storage, where we had all physically confirmed that it had been on at least three Optimates. Yep. As it moved around my shop, it kept getting put on the Optimate. Yep. And when Chris came to pick his bike up, I turned the key on Chris's bike. And it did not start. <laughs> It didn't even give me one full dugga. It kept. It was. It kind. Of, it, it kind of just went. <clears throat> said no. It said fuck you, man. No. And that kind of surprised me because it's never had a problem starting before. Correct. Okay, but it it's been altered a bit. Okay, so of course, doing what you do when somebody's bike doesn't start on the electric starter, you think, oh, that's embarrassing because I've had it in winter storage and that should be starting right up. It should shoot lightning bolts out of its ass. It should be ready to go. (laughs) And it didn't start. And so I, you know, what we all do, if a bike has a kickstart lever to the moon, right? Let's kick that bitch. I was wearing Crocs. (laughs) Kickstart Crocs. It said right there, kickstart Crocs. My uh, my DOT rated Crocs, Moto Crocs, Moto Crocs, Moto Crocs. <laughs> it hurts so much. We have we have not gotten the little big ones yet. I it was in pain. I mean, it hurt bad. But Chris was standing there, and I can't be a schlump in front of Chris. So I was like, well, I'm, I'm clearly using the choke the wrong way. So I tried the choke the other way, and I checked the fuel tap. And I kicked it again, and I think I kicked it seven or eight times. Yeah, and man, it just did not want to go. It, it did not want to play along. And so eventually got that thing started. But I mean, it took heroic effort. I was thinking about going to get the, the, the wolf juice because I didn't know why it wouldn't start. But as it turns out, we know why it didn't start. 
because your compression is almost double what it was from the factory. Yeah. But nobody thought to increase the power of the starter. Mm. So it was like, what, just the top or bottom? It just it wasn't in the place that could get it moving or it's just never going to There do is it. no decompression lever. Oh, we can, we uh. can do. No, I, I can do a thing for that. They sell spark plug decoms. I, I, we can get him one. Chris talked to the guy who built it. Oh. And got him on the phone. <laughs> 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 so rather than throwing darts at a dartboard, Chris hey. just straight up called the guy. <laughs> hey, Devin. <laughs> <laughs> and Chris, Chris pulled that shit out of his ass in my showroom. <laughs> and I'm still limping. <laughs> With your Crocs. And I was like, that, that motor feels a little spicy. And I, I was like, I, I kind of like sole of the foot judged it to be like 160 or 170 PSI. <laughs> and, uh, and, and then a lot of other things come to mind too. Like you should probably only run high octane fuel through that. Right. That's, that's a real thing. And uh, that maybe a battery that fits in the battery holder of that vehicle might not be enough amperage to start it. It might be lithium battery time. need a little more CCA on that. Yes, we do. So I think lithium batteries in Chris's future for sure, because you can get a lot more chooch for your chach out of the same size box. So I think lithium batteries definitely in Chris's future. However. However, (laughs) suggestions were made. So one of the best suggestions was the Mecklefresh trick of hitting the start button whilst you're hitting the kickstart lever. So doing them conjoined (laughs) in synchronicity which is brilliant because that amplifies the power of your foot and amplifies the power of the starter which I wish I would have done the first five or six times I kicked it because fuck that thing oh my god it hurt my foot Uh, so that's a thing and then you said what about that cylinder pressure thing well it's it's still building up pressure in the crank yeah, yeah, the bottom end. How? Or you need a breather. Well, oh. this is my question. So, did you notice this when you took the the dipstick out, or when did you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh. So he so he's coming back into town to try to figure it out. But right. when he did the adjustment last fall, he said, "Well, just call Janice and him send you another PVC PCV or PCV valve. Yeah. yeah. P- so so they did, and I mm-hmm. put it on and didn't didn't change anything. Right. So. Right. He didn't have any solutions back in November. Right. And so he, he texted me, you know, three months ago. So I'm going to come back in town. I'm going to get this thing fixed. Yeah, so that's right. the other thing we were talking about. Right. And your suggestion was a catch can. So road vent. Road vent. <laughs> <laughs> do, do, what Harley, do what Harley riders do and just vent it to open air. Okay. So, so is there some kind of illegitimate extended warranty involved in this thing? <laughs> <laughs> Chris says while taking a sip of his beer carefully. No, <laughs> no warranty. Yeah, it's it's now. It is what it is. Yeah, I mean, according to the Magnuson Law, anything that's not affected by the change to the top end would still be covered under warranty. But anything that's in the chain of the changes that were made aren't. It's not part of the warranty. So if he loses electricity, that's under warranty. Does that have screw on valve cover caps? Like, like Honda style. You know, I think so because that is a I very does, yeah. that is a horizontal Honda clone motor. I'm not going to lie. Because that's what I mean. I did that to I, one of my CT90s. I just did yeah. a 
I drilled, took the cap, drilled it up, put a barb fitting in it, and turned it into a breather hose. And put a breather hose off it's, of it. Key, to give it, it some top end breathing. Well, well, consider it's essentially like a Piranha 150. It's not. It's not at all. No. no, no, it's no. not horizontal. Honk. No, no, it's vertical. It's not what it is. It's that's, vertical. And I think that's yeah. a push rod. It's motor. a push rod vertical motor. Okay. So it has a ca- so push rod. a can cap on it. Like Wait a, a it's a lift on. You could probably just, oh, you could put it. Yeah. You could drill a hole and put a a, a vent. Uh, a breather in the in the top. Yeah, I like so, that. I like having a top end breather because then you get fresh air sucking in and out of there. Right, and yeah, it helps cool your valves and stuff. Yeah. So the Halcyon, the bike that Chris has, uh, the Halcyon two hundred and fifty. One of the things that that is so significant about the bike is this particular motor. Uh, this particular motor is a very well proven motor. By a lot of different applications. I mean, a shit ton of applications. So they've got that motor really dialed in. I mean, it's it's in a lot of places. So I do feel like if there is an engine case breather on his bike, getting rid of the PCV valve entirely, mm-hmm. getting rid of it entirely and literally just uh, dumping it into a catch can. It is that motor. It's good enough for the racetrack. The other right? thing they have is um, like dipstick tubes that have a yep. breather. Exactly. Exactly. Well, yeah, the, the buddy does that. So when you look at Chris's motor and you look at the anatomy of that thing, uh, one of the things that is uh, pretty significant about it is you can see that there's a hose coming up out of the engine cases because this is a motor that uh, this is a motor that we've seen on a bunch of different bikes. So it's, uh, I think it's a pretty easy thing for him to uh, do a, uh, to do a catch can. And it's not a dirty word. I mean, as long as you're vigilant yeah. enough to, you know, fortnightly look at this thing and be like, oh, it's getting a little full. And you could either dump it out in a nice uh, environmentally safe way. Or you could dump it back into your crankcase because that's where it came from. It's, you could get like a little like old school medicine bottle and make it all period correct, man. Like have it hanging down. There. You know, this is like a 1920s board tracker. Find yeah. like an old, you know, Jim Beam bottle or, you that's know, a Jack Daniel bottle like, or something yeah. from the period, like old medicine show. laudanum bottles that you Laudanum bottle. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Right. Do you, yeah. know, do you know anybody Bodies that has airline bottles? Airline bottles. I'm pretty sure we could find somebody that has airline bottles, Chris. But I really do feel like that this particular uh, that that this particular engine it almost lends itself to a catch can uh, as opposed yeah. to trying to do a PCV. So the pollution control valve thing, many uh, many of the motorcycles will use a PCV valve as opposed to actually taking the air that's venting out of the crankcase and running a hose directly into your airbox. So for years and years and years, motorcycles would take a hose that ran out of the top of the crankcase, you know, just below your cylinder, and they would run that directly into part of your air intake system. And that's why it always had that little clear nipple on the Mm -hmm. bottom. That's where you're supposed to change the thing. And (laughs) nobody ever did. And before that, they would run it out the the rear fender and then off the rear tire. Um, I thought it would be more polite to just drain it onto your chain. Oh, so you have a self-lubricating exactly. chain. I think that's a more gentlemanly way to do it. Yes. I think if you're going to do that anyway, that you should do it in a very conscientious manner and lubricate your chain while you're doing it. <laughs> but a catch cam wouldn't hurt this thing. <laughs> and I do agree that John's on the money when you talk about like 
doing a laudanum bottle or some cool beveled glass vintage 1920s bottle. Actually, to be fair, the drink. God damn it, Tom. Okay, go ahead. I paid my tax. The the bullet rye bottle is almost done. Mm. We could put a little bit of leather on that, like a strap. I'm hoping that... Will not need something more than six ounces. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you don't want a quart bottle. Right? I, uh, nah, if you lose that much oil, you get a problem. No, I mean like, or it's an HP four racing uh, a Honda, like a Honda CB three fifty kind of thing. I would have like an anti seize compound bottle. What are those like four ounces, six ounces? So I'd have one of those on there, and I would not have to. I mean, like every tenth race, I'd have to dump it out. So. Dan, you should have told they me. Don't, they don't put out too much. So I think that you're you're pretty good with that. But clearly, whether it's... It's not wet sumping. And so what wet sumping is, is wet sumping is when you get an actual circuit going of pressure in the crankcase that is taking your engine oil and pumping it up into either your airbox or through a pollution control valve, Right. And a pollution control valve. That's usually after your gear, after your crankcase fills up with gasoline. Exactly. Like if you leave your petcock exactly. all along <laughs> and it drains into your motor. Yep. Then that first time you start it and you're like, what the fuck? There's a gas oil going everywhere. It's, right. And you can't start it because it's hydrolocked. Exactly. And suddenly it's a Stella. Yeah. It, it, I really, really want to stress that in a lot of these older motorcycles where people don't turn their fuel taps off. And if you don't turn your fuel tap off, it takes very little dirt or contamination to block a float needle from seating. Well, and sometime in Mm -hmm. the, you know, 1979, they started building carbs that didn't have an overflow on them. What the fuck? So where's the gas going to (laughs) go? Into Into your motor. Into your motor. And it's going to leak past your rings and it's going to fill your motor up. And that's true. And that's like every 80s bike. (laughs) 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 Yeah. I'd much rather see the gasoline dripping on the ground than filling up my fucking crankcase. That's how you know you're supposed to turn your petcock off. Right. Exactly. But, but they're but they're vacuum. It smells like gas. I've but got they're a vacuum. Gas. Oh, turn your petcock off. They're vacuum operated. They shouldn't be leaking. Well, we had to do a recall on, I think. I know. I think we had to do a recall on every single Bajaj where we had to change the float bowls because the float bowls all had overflows Hmm. because for the Indian market, they're okay with that. Mm -hmm. So in the float bowl was a a nice brass tube. And when the float bowl would get too full, the gas would go over into the brass tube and go out onto the ground. Okay. No problem. It actually cleans your motor. It's delightful. You don't get to shoot me, Dan. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to shoot you. I'm still fucking wearing this shit. Yeah, from the last it's time. On. So I think on your it's bike, live. trigger discipline. Is on. And Go I on. would, and I would argue that, uh oh, it's got a safety. It's got a safety. It's got a safety. Pull hard. Oh, you got to disable that. <laughs> oh, it's, it's got a pretty hard pull. Oh, it does. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it's the it's the it uses the <laughs> needs a lighter spring double action only. Yeah, that's yeah. not too bad if you put it in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, get the last out of there, John. <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna blast your tonsils oh, off. Good. <laughs> yeah. So if you've got an old motorcycle and if you're having this problem, you pull the dipstick and you got this air pressure there. 
Yeah, it's a real thing. Uh, motorcycles that won't hot start. So if you've got an old bike and it's a real bitch and it won't hot start, that could be because everything's trying to leave the engine as opposed to letting anything in. And uh, that would be solved by venting your crankcase using something as simple as take the hose where it goes into the PCV valve or goes into your airbox, cut it, and redirect that into a, a, a catch can. And that will Somehow solve a lot should, of your problems. You should make it come through one of those squeezy chicken things. <laughs> Like the, <laughs> so, <laughs> so that every time it bleeds air pressure out, it squawks. Yeah, yes, that's please. hilarious. Wait, just, <laughs> just take apart an animal squeaky toy and then put that over the end of the hose. You've never seen where the, the PCV valve. You've was. never seen the squeezy rubber chicken exhaust thing. Oh, I've seen that. Oh yeah, but this, this is, is what they're the, talking about. Yeah, but have you seen the flashlight one where it just goes? <laughs> <laughs> What do you mean? We all have those. It hurts me to look at that. The uh, but doing it on the piece, doing it on the because a pollution control valve. Let's, I mean, let, for people who don't know what that is, it's just a one-way valve. Mm-hmm. So the idea is it breathes in, but it doesn't breathe out. Mm-hmm. So it will bring fresh, clean outside air into your crankcase, dirty, nasty outside air into your crankcase. But it will, when it's trying to spit back out. It, so Chris, what's happening is. Your motor definitely wants to bleed pressure. Your motor has been enhanced to the point where it would like to lose some of that excessive crankcase pressure because as your oil heats up, as everything expands, the crankcase pressure is going up and up and up. But your pollution control valve is saying, I will allow air to come into this engine, but I will not allow any oil vapor to go out because owls might fall from the trees or EPA would be angry or whatever. Well, the other thing is this. I mean... When you're building up a lot of crankcase pressure, usually it's because there's blow bypass the rings Mm -hmm. and maybe your your motor's starting to blow up. Uh, Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, I I know you're, I mean, did you actually check the compression on it or were you just doing the heel? Like how hard it took to kick? Oh, I think that maybe it maybe got tight or something like that. No, I think due to, oh, it runs great. Mm -hmm. I think that due to the ferocity of the cylinder chosen for the job, the ferocity for the piston chosen for the job that his motor has gone from utilitarian Chinese <laughs> to, Oh, 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 right now. I don't think that this, I don't think Lafon would have proved of approved of this for the longevity and low octane world that the motor was designed to operate in. You know, when they built those motors, and they probably built, you know, what, 50,000 of them in the first, second week of that year. Right, right. Right. They went into everything, probably into, you know, this this or that tractor or this or that garden implement or this or that motorcycle. Nobody ever said, oh, we're going to wring the tits off of this thing. Right. <laughs> right. So it's probably a pretty understressed yeah, like 250. 30,000 or 3,000 RPMs all day long. Like, da, 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 da. Yeah. 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 Right. Indian application, Chinese application. Yeah. But when somebody goes, hmm, I know that some people in some cultures are putting this much compression into it. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying that the Chinese and Indians are not rigging the tits off of these motors at times. I mean, they are. Of course they are. I think that 
the subculture, yeah, definitely like right. the kids and stuff. Yeah, yeah. there's people who just rape, rape the shit out of it. I'm sure, just like people who drive their cars. Some people drive it nice and nice. Do you remember yeah. those Royal Enfields that we worked on, where they had built hundreds of thousands of them and sold them in India with not a single problem, and then Americans got their hands on them and all kinds of problems. Yeah, are you? I, 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 that's yeah. what that's yeah. what they're not doing mm-hmm. is what we're doing. We're doing is. Yep. R- yep. driving the brand new bike home from Goshen, Indiana <laughs> yeah. on the highway at whatever speed you decided to go. 62. For umpteen hours. Yeah, oh yeah. That's how you break a good now, bike. I, I guarantee in India and stuff, they're thrashing them when they're in traffic. They're giving it all it's got, but only, you know, when but they're shifting gears. And I was going to say. Yeah, when they're not just taking it out on the highway and saying, Americans, Americans have always done the like. Oh, what's the rev limiter? Where, where's what's the rev limiter set at? It doesn't have a rev limiter. It has valve float. It when, has valve float. It has valve exactly. <laughs> <laughs> when I bought when I bought that gray market Bajaj Legend, yeah. You what I what I was told is you start out in first, and you go from first gear and you shift immediately into fourth. Yeah, I mean, you, the second and third do not exist. The uh, riding with Indian people and seeing the way that they use the bikes. Yeah. They're shifting prowess, in, in my opinion, because they've been riding these particular types of bikes, small bikes under 200 cc's oh. in terribly hard traffic, in terribly bad roads with five or six people on the bike. Right. Their clutch control and gear shift technique is precise. Oh, yeah. To the point where a clutch cable is really not necessary. I, I they, they they're just like, <laughs> and they're in fourth gear by about thirteen miles an hour. Yep. <laughs> oh no, it it's a thing. So cool. It is a thing. But they're getting one hundred and twenty miles per gallon now. Right. Now yeah. I will say this: an Indian man told me how to start my bike properly. I had my 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 cheat talk. He said, look, he says, y'all doing it wrong. He says, you have to tip it over towards yeah. the spare tire. Yeah. You lean it to the spare tire. Yep. Yep. Flood it just a little bit. Bring it back. Kick it. It'll start right up on the second kick. And you know what? Every time. Yeah. Second kick. Leaning a bike. So it's tickling it. You're tickling yep. it. That Absolutely. is exactly right. Absolutely. If you're driving. The a, Indian tickler. Absolutely. The Indian <laughs> not tickler. To be confused, <laughs> nah. Not to be confused with the French tickler. Not be or the yeah. Cleveland tickler. You know what? If you want to rich in the bike out, like if, if you want to start it easy, lean it to the left and start it. Yep. Which puts the spark, which puts the Kickstarter very, very high. Yep. So when I learned, I learned if you're sitting on the bike and you want to start it while sitting on the bike, not everyone can do this. You have to have long legs. Is you lean the bike way to the left. So you yep. lean the bike all the way to the yep. left and give it a boot and it starts right up. Yep. But if you flooded the fucker and your fuel tap shot anyway, and it's, it's drilled on the open position, just <laughs> lean the son of a bitch hard to the right. Yep. Lean it hard to the right and keep kicking it because then you'll run it out of gas pretty early. Okay. Anybody like to talk about this, the topic I came up with, with why are so many people crashing and dying? Has anyone no. done any looking into this? No, but I don't need to. So it's called no helmet. Yeah. I, I mean, if you wear a helmet, you're probably not going to die. Dude, everywhere. Mo- immediately. You can, your whole body can be fucked up, but you probably aren't going to die. If you wear a helmet, everybody if you don't today, wear a helmet. You're probably going to die. I was going to say something on the way here. So I came, you know, out yeah. from my house. I passed yeah. like about 75,000 people on motorcycles because it was warm today. Right. And 
I, maybe two percent had helmets on, and they all had sportsters, and they all had ape hangers. No, most of these guys were on baggers, like the bigger bikes, <laughs> men and women, and I mean, like husband and wife, yeah, like younger. So they probably have kids at home, and they're both on a bike together with no helmet on. Right, geniuses. But you know, you're, but you're missing half the equation. It's no helmet plus distracted drivers. Yeah, that equals true. a lot yeah. of deaths. That's, well, they did just pass a law in Ohio where if you actually have a phone in the front of your car, they shoot you by the side of the road. So it's that's, that's yeah. an exaggeration. That <laughs> <laughs> might be. I, Me it could exaggerate. Be. It could be. Uh, it turns out it's a really really weird thing, but. Did you guys look into the numbers? Because it's the actual number change for 20 from 2021 to 2022 is not a sustainable number growth because if somebody says, okay, well, you know, last year was a really, really bad year. Fatalities went up 3%. You're like, wow, 3%. That's a lot. Yeah. Because in 10 years, 3% could equal 30%. And that's a lot. Right. Mm -hmm. But last year, nobody left to buy bikes. That's also true. (laughs) But last year it went up 17% in one year. Right. But then there was, a, because there was a rager yeah. of people buying bikes pre after COVID. Bingo. So a flood of new, new inexperienced riders and, and that God. whole nihilism that came one. with COVID where I'm riding like it could be my last day on earth. So everybody just kind of gone one, ape shit. One of the biggest problems I have always had is that if you look at Europe, you have a step licensing program where you mm-hmm. have to do, do training after 125. Mm-hmm. Any 16-year-old can buy a Hayabusa. Period. Now, I'm not saying they do. I'm, you know, Even if you buy a bagger or a Dyna or something big that is overpowered, you're immediately stepping from, I don't know anything, to I am overpowering myself in this bike yeah, I cannot but, control. Yeah, but they limit a lot of it the only American way we know how. They cost more money. So like the insurance company, yeah, <laughs> yeah 16-year-old well, yeah. kid can buy a Hayabusa, but it's $4,000 a month to insure it. If you pay for insurance. Right. Look, I lived in New Orleans. I know exactly right. what it means to avoid every legitimate means of control, such as insurance. Right. You don't even have to have a license plate. In 10 years maybe five years. If you've got money, yeah, you're, you're buying a extraordinarily powerful Harley bagger, more power than a Yamaha R1 in the form of a, a sled. Right. So this is, this is something that it, it, you watch the videos and you see how ridiculously these things accelerate and 12 o'clock wheelies, uh, all day long on a bagger. Uh, we'll dig into the numbers first. What yeah. was there any? I mean, you looked at the numbers. I yeah. didn't do my homework well. Yeah. So, but is there any indication of like the types of bikes that are, are you know having going down? It is. I mean, who's who's dying here? Right. So it turns is there out an age group. Is there a demo, You know, what's the demographic? It's the demographic that we're in. Us. So look to your left and to your right, because that is the the fastest increase. The age, the age group. The age group. Oh, okay. So all the young guys are dying. Uh, so it's not it's not young guys. It's not. So historically <laughs> it's, speaking, it's guys that are middle aged that are going into their. I should buy a motorcycle before it. Com- motorcycle or convertible. So, John, you you got a big piece of it earlier. Dang it! When you said it's COVID and stimulus money. Yep. And when you say, remember, what do we have happen to the shop a lot? 
when was the last time you had a motorcycle, sir? Well, my kids, uh, when my kids were born, I gave it up because mm-hmm. I wanted to be a responsible dad. And so what was your last bike you had? Well, I had a, I had an 86 uh, Interceptor. Well, what was it? Oh, you know, it was like a 750 or 700 or something. Well, what do you want now? Oh, well, I, I'm older now. <laughs> I, I think I'll take the, I think I'll take the Milwaukee eight. And I'll take, I'll take the big, you know, cause I go places and I buy things. I have disposable income. I want a big comfy safe bike. Exactly. And I have to take my CPAP machine with me. <laughs> I do. I sleep, was, if you sleep overnight. There, right? was a, there was a couple, there was a couple that came in. There was a couple that came in and he was what? And he, he had two, they had two kids. They were all over every bike in the, in the, in the, uh, in the showroom. showroom? Yeah. Great kids. They were they, like not obscene kids. No, like, the kids they, are great. They were yeah, really good great. kids. Yeah. And he had always wanted a Vespa. Yeah. yeah. Like that was his whole His goal. whole life he wanted he a Vespa. Was, yeah. I know he was Caribbean, Par- yeah. uh, Puerto Rico? Yeah. Puerto Rican. Okay. He was Puerto Rican. Yeah. Always wanted a Vespa. Yeah. And he was in his 40s. Yeah. And he had the money now to buy one. Yeah. And yeah. he finally had the yeah. money. He was buying the thing. And he, he and his wife were sitting there. And, you know, which one do you want? What color do you want? Everything else. That fatality range that and we... This is the thing I always worry about is it's not where it used to be. It used to be the guys, the guys, the reason the statistic exists (laughs) for every study is like young men under 25 shouldn't own motorcycles that have all of the things that the graduated licensing system was designed to help eliminate don't affect these guys who are dying. And these guys who are dying are the guys that have had a motorcycle endorsement since 84. Mm Mm-hmm. They've had a motorcycle endorsement that they've never retested. They've never had to because every time they go get a license, they get it renewed. But the fatalities that are happening are not, you know, they're alcohol related. A disturbing number. And that has gone way the fuck up. Whiskey throttle. Way the fuck up. Now... If you haven't ridden a motorcycle in 24 years or 20 years, is a 900-pound motorcycle with 180 pounds feet of torque a good idea? No. No. But do you have the capital to buy it? Yeah, absolutely. Not only that, but like the, like a lot of these guys, the machismo factor, mm-hmm. all their buddies, you can't oh, yeah. show up with the fucking 500cc bike. Right what are now, you, some kind of a fucking pussy? In, I'm, yeah, I'm a pussy. Yeah, I, but, no, we all are, but I'm just saying, normal we, guys. We get excited you know. about 400cc four-cylinders. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, looking at... Looking I had at, a pretty good wilding night with some of my partners back in the day, yeah. and I, mean, I was riding the KLR 650, and they were riding... The one had the M109, yeah. which is a big power metric. Oh, power the other one's riding a Harley-Davidson and whatever, and yeah. you know there was a 100-mile-an-hour police chase with the three of us <laughs> on the shoreway. <laughs> And I smoked them on the kale. I'm like, they they can't keep up with me on the kale. I was like, like they're they're like, man, you're really fast. That bike is amazing. I'm like, you're fucking slow, and you can't ride those big. Well, and it's a kale. And then we came, we came flying down Lorraine Avenue or down 150th. And then I stopped at the stoplight, and the two bikes went sliding past me through the red light. <laughs> they, can't see they, like, were, they weren't expecting stopping. Like, these, these guys are going to kill themselves. Yeah, they are. <laughs> Try to keep up with me. I love how like drunk I, me. I stopped for the stoplight. I stopped for the stoplight. I'm so lucky you didn't get killed well, I mean, just like, then. Like, look at look at your experience level. And then in both, this of, room. both of them went sliding past me, 
nailed the rear yeah. brake, didn't touch yeah. the oh, front no, brake. No, no. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm like, you got two sets of brake bullies. I mean, I mean, look at these. That ended, that ended with one guy's bagger laying on its side and me pulling spark plugs off, wires oh, off. Oh, God. Yeah. Really? Oh, John's yeah. really good at that. He's he done that to that. me so no, many times. I also, <laughs> I also like that whole, like, John wasn't sober. Yeah. But John was soberer. Yeah, er, 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 <laughs> soberer. I wasn't the one who did the Irish no. goodbye and try, tried to get on my bike and went. I was looking out through the door yeah. and I just saw. <laughs> I'm like, Paul, oh. I think I think Mike docked oh. his bike. Let's go check him out. Oh. And he's like trying to get it up and we help him. And then he tries to start. I'm like, no, 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 go back. Just yeah. come on back in. Nope. Sit down. Nope. No, nope. nope. He was riding at home. Okay, so. And then we get, we convinced him that the tip sensor had gone off. Oh, that's and genius. It, so it wouldn't start. It won't start. It's got the prob- tip sensor. It's probably going to get reset by the, the dealership. dealership. No. Yeah. yeah. You're going to have to send a truck for that one, John. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's what bothered me. The more that I looked into this report, because there hasn't been a really good story, a, um, a really good study since the Virginia report about five years ago. We talked about that, and we talked about how the vast majority of motorcycle accidents did involve lack of safety equipment, and that we had kind of been believing a false rumor. The Virginia study proved that it's not the other guy. Remember, we all, you know, we've heard people say that. You know, you got to be careful. It's always the other guy. Sorry, good. It's never the other guy. It's almost statistically, it's almost never the other guy. It's you. usually you. When it comes to fatalities, in a disturbing percentage of the time, it's excessive speed for the conditions, alcohol, and no safety equipment. Can I add an angle? Please do. All right. So over the last 20 years, I've I've definitely changed how I ride. And I'm not mm-hmm. talking about like, you know, the wheelie then whatever. I'm saying I was like, going to say you were in the star boys. Yeah. No, I, I did write it for life. Anyways, okay, but what, I'm saying, what yeah. I'm saying is, is, is that like over like the last 15 years of like, like whatever, 20 years of me riding like a normal human being yeah. I've changed. I went from like, kind of like being docile to like just kind of flowing with traffic sure. and doing stuff. But yeah. then as cell phone use and stuff has increased, yes. my riding styles change where if I get in a pocket of people, mm-hmm. I'm out. I'm going to go faster. Militant defensive. Yes. hundred percent. Dan, Dan, I've watched Dan ride. He knows that he has bad hearing, right? You can see the way he operates. He never has a blind spot. He, when, when you, right, when, when I go past someone, I go past that. He fucking goes past people, right. even no. when we're riding with other bikes. Right. Yeah. No. And Out. so it's funny when you watch him ride, especially in a group, because he will keep his, uh, he'll keep his like four o'clock and his seven o'clock empty. Like, yeah. oh yeah, we he always, really watches those parts of. Well, that's when we ride. We do good. We, we stay staggered. So get the fuck out. Yeah. But so here's my point. So do you think that some of the guys that are our age that yeah. maybe, you know, are just casual riders mm-hmm. um, haven't changed their style of riding? And so as the cell phone use mm-hmm. and all the distractive driver stuff increased, right. if you're still riding just kind of like doot de doot de do that's a problem. That's true. So I wonder if like that didn't have a little something more to do with it than. I like your point though. It's got the horsepower of a sport bike, but it's not a sport bike. It's not a sport. It doesn't have the handling and the braking and all that. So it's like It's got brute. It'll take you right up to 150 mile an hour until you hit a tight curve. (laughs) Did they have have Did they have a percentage for how big the front wheels of the baggers were? Oh, (laughs) just asking. (laughs) Yeah, you're not wrong there. 
Yeah, that's science. Uh, Let's see, spinning, spinning gyro, rotational gyro, mass, gyroscopic turn force, it, uh, gyroscopic. Nah, a, that doesn't mean anything. Still right? got a 230 millimeter rotor, but you got a 9,000 millimeter wheel. Right. Oh, sorry. Can't affect a change How on that mass real quick. How fast is that going to turn, right? Also not. <laughs> it's a penny farthing. That's what you've done. You put a 30-inch fucking, you put a 36-inch wheel on the front of your fucking Harley. It's now a penny farthing. Just yeah. put a 10-inch wheel on the back and own it. Dude, instead of one percenters, they're going to just have the cent sign. It will literally be a cent sign. Oh. Penny farthing. Oh. Is that your penny farthing? Yeah. yeah. So anyway, not to get lost in that, but... To talk about being more safe, to talk about what you can do to protect yourself. And I always thought the biggest thing about when you get to read a statistic is then immediately looking at the points in the statistic where you could differentiate yourself. Hmm. So don't be, you know, they say if everyone's zagging, fucking zig motherfucker, right? Don't be where the bastards are. Be in a good observation point to watch them crash. <laughs> uh, why not? No, yeah. Right? Well, I mean, think about it. Oh, yeah. You know, if, if you've ever been riding on a country road or the dragon is the great, the, my, my perfect lesson for how to watch mistakes turn into pandemics yep. would be something like a dragon where you see 17 people make it through that turn by Killboy's 37th camera location. Yeah. And he's only there for one reason because motherfuckers crash there. He's not there because it's a great angle. He's there because motherfuckers crash there. So 17 people make it through guy 18 blows it guy 19, 20, 21 and 22 and 23 will follow that some bitch in. Oh yeah. Just on target fixation. Yep. Just because they're not looking where we should be looking just because they're looking kind of you know, though, the poor uh, soul that went in. People that are scared of going and doing things like when we go down the first, when we went on our trip a couple weeks ago, the first day or two, you know, like you're kind of like, whoa, then you get used to it. But it really People can tell you to look a fr- look ahead all you want, yeah, right? Yeah. But when you're on a a ninety degree turn on a banked angle and you're looking around, it it physically cha- like the further you look out, the better you ride. It's insane how much like you really have to look so far in front of yourself to actually ride fast through that kind of stuff. It's insane. What I mean, the amount of brain fuckery that you have to do when you're taking a, a, a riding school, yeah, and you're in a group and you're trying to figure out in the morning part of a riding school, they're trying to figure out where you are in the class. They're trying to kind of know where they're going to move you, which group are you going to be in? And it's very hard on a new track and an environment that's kind of new to you to not get in that wagon train mentality where you're just amplifying the mistakes of the guy in front of you. Yeah. And then to break away from that and then force your head, like to overpower your eyeballs and physically crane your neck deeper, deeper, deeper into the turn and start saying, there's nothing I can do about 40 feet in front of my tire. That's already happened. Mm-hmm. I need to be looking at 70 feet in front of my tire or 180 feet in front of my but tire. What's crazy is when you get it right yeah. and everything starts to flow, that's when it's <laughs> fucking awesome, man. That's when like you go so much faster than you think you can. Oh, and yeah. you break less than you think you need to. It's I don't know, man. It's a really cool feeling when you and get it And then right. some asshole on a Camry pulls out in front of you. Well... That's there's also too the factor of riding with other people and stuff like because we were riding down there and mostly I was I was following you. I led a little bit, but not yeah. really through some of the hard stuff. Yeah. So I maybe kind of had the privilege of having being able to watch somebody. Yeah. But I don't know. Was that a good thing to be able to pace my, you know, like 
having Cinch in front of me and watching yeah. when he braked or well, yeah. not, you know, like how would I have ridden it if I was riding by myself? Well, there's that's like a, you know, that's a brilliant question because the second rider, so in any group, right? Doesn't matter what it is, but we'll use motorcycles for an example. You will get your best lap times ever following, right? Having a recon, having a guy in front of you, because that forces your target fixation. Yeah, it makes me watch him. It drags uh, your eyeballs yeah. forward. And if it drags your eyeballs forward, your point of reference is going to be better than it would be if you were alone. And, and it gives you the confidence, too, because if you go like he made on, it. on some of those blind things, if you see my helmet go straight <laughs> and not go this way. Well, yeah, that's not insignificant. And you know what? Yeah. And look at the telephone poles. So if you're on a road that has telephone poles and you see a hump, a blind curve on a hump, look up. Yeah. If the telephone poles go left, you know which way the road's going. Oh, yeah. If the telephone poles go right, you know yeah. which way the road's well, going. Well, it was something you said, too. I mean, look at the road signs. Look at the road signs. When it says yeah. 20 mile an hour, you know you can go about 60 mile an hour, and it's going to be too right. <laughs> <What's, laughs> You know, any, any... Depending on the state. Any Appalachian area. Yeah. West Virginia, yeah. Tennessee, a Tennessee, A Tennessee 30... Yep. It's 33. It's 33. Yeah. <laughs> so if you see... Unless you grew up there, then it's 75. Right, North, right. North Carolina 30 is damn near 70. Ap- Ap- <laughs> Appalachian arrows. You see those arrows in the turn, they mean it. And look at the road data too. There's a lot of information you can pick up off the road. But going back to that whole first or second thing, if you find somebody you like riding with, it, you, you trust riding and somebody that's a decent rider, it's great to be able to take some time and, and to enjoy yourself and just drop back into that second or third position and just kind of like, oh, okay, this is cool. I'm now the pressure's off of me now. Yeah. And then if your lead riders, you know, if your lead riders bonkers, you just let the guy go, man, you're all yeah. going to get there eventually. So don't, so just chill the fuck out. I mean, but that's also hard. Cause it's kind of fun to push yourself. Like it's fun to ride with guys faster than you to try yeah. to like learn more. Oh yeah. But you got to know when to say, okay, I can't hang with that. I can't guy. compete with the locals. <laughs> so that's that's a dead, that's a you fucking You always got to hold back for those decreasing the, radius ones. Like there's know, always that one. It's like the, you go oh, into yeah. it and you're like, whoa, oh, 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 shit. Push hard, push, push, push. Well, the, yeah. the fastest the guy on the Dragon is like, he rides a 250 Motard. There's two guys that are fast on the yeah. Dragon. The two, the two fastest guys I've ever known on the Dragon. One guy's riding a Yamaha RD80. Mm. Yeah. No shit. Yeah, yeah. And the other guy's riding a Goldwing. Yeah. So the two guys that I've ridden with that were both deceptively fast. The one guy's riding a Goldwing and not afraid to grind everything off of it. And the other guy's riding an RD80 who never, ever, ever backs off the throttle. You don't have to lift. It just goes. One of the scariest things when we were riding the 555 a couple years ago. Yeah. I was I had my or I had my uh, Super Tenere at the time. So I was pushing that pig through there and it wasn't going very fast. But I'm in a like a I don't know, like an 80 degree turn. Yeah. And to my inside, with him and his wife on a fully bagged out Goldwing, uh-huh. playing a radio yeah. with the gyroscopic yeah. drink holder oh, fucking yeah. leaned over, just passes me on the inside was the of this white, was, fucking oh, yeah. was the white Goldwing? It was a white Goldwing. Uh-huh. Steve Kuykendall. That okay. was him. Yeah, he's fun. that guy is sick, man. He was In his day, he was testing tires for Metzler down there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they were but they were paying that's, for his motorcycle. That's the trick is okay. like the guys, the guys that, feel bad now. The guys that can do it, they have been doing this for years. Now back to fatalities. Yeah. Oh god, because it is important. I am fucking guilty, and I am totally guilty of not wearing the helmet. And if you see me riding around the shop and doing all the things <sighs> I do, I'm not wearing a helmet. 
And if you see me cruising to work and I'm on my Harley, I'm probably not wearing a helmet. And I do not have, after reading the report and after looking at the numbers, I do not have any possible reason for why I can justify it. I don't. I just don't. You I have, have like to 40 it. helmets. Yes, I do. And a lot of them are really cool. And I don't have a good excuse for it. I don't. I do admit that I do love the, the visceral experience of having the sun on my face and the wind through what's hair, left of my hair. But Maybe we have to revolutionize the helmet. We have to make the helmet for people who don't want to wear a helmet, but it's still a helmet. And they feel like they're not wearing a helmet, and they feel still just as cool as not wearing a helmet. It's a colander. But they have a helmet. <laughs> There's the uh, spaghetti string. You know, I mean, it used to be the half helmet. You could get away with having I'll, a half helmet. Or the... What was it? The Kaiser Wilhelm, the chrome chrome military helmet, the pickle strike. Yeah, the 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 pudding bowl was so hot for like two minutes. Well, (laughs) we had a young lady come into the shop the other day, and she was bringing. She brought with her her helmet to be replaced, and it was sobering because she had to get off at probably thirty to thirty-five miles an hour, and the helmet she was wearing was an LS two modular. And everything from her eyebrows to the jaw of the helmet on the entire area just right of her nose was looked like 80 grit sandpaper. Yep. Hard against the wheel. So she happened to low side into a high side. We all, you know, if you guys know, oh, that's, that that's where the back tire loses traction. And you, you feel the back tire losing traction. So you immediately throw the handlebars to steer into the skid. The rubber does what it does, and that is it, it no longer gives up its traction package and it finds it again. As your inertia sp- slows down and as your wheel speed slows down, your tires that had lost the th- traction get it back. And it acts as a catapult. And it slings you into the air and you usually come down on your shoulder and your head and you always break your collarbone almost every time I've ever done it. Well, what she had done is she broke her collarbone and she did almost a perfect face plant into the ground from a 30 mile an hour turn, 30 mile an hour get off. But the damage to her helmet was so isolated to just the visor yep. and the jaw piece. Yep. The entire rest of the helmet, if you would have taken off the modular jaw piece of the helmet, the helmet was completely serviceable. You wouldn't have even thought there was anything wrong with yep. it. But it went from being pristine around her entire head area into total devastation in the parts of her face that would not have been covered by a three-quarter helmet. Right. This is one of those tragic situations where the person is wearing a three-quarter or a shorty and suffers a horribly disfiguring incident. Which is why you don't wear... But they wouldn't die because the helmet is (sighs) covering the important part I which agree. is their brain and their well, medulla oblongata and everything like that. To You're John's right. They point, wouldn't die. They I was, wouldn't die. It wouldn't be a fatality. I was, it wouldn't be a fatality. Yeah, the people that don't yeah. wear helmets like that, I was working on the dead guy dodge. I was underneath it, and I was mm-hmm. looking for something. And I was kind of resting on the the, the slidey dolly thing, whatever yeah, you call it, the creeper. creeper, you know? <laughs> and I thought I slid yeah. my body, and I thought that the head pad was underneath me, it but there. it was over there. Yeah. So my head fell two inches, maybe, to the cement. Dude, I saw birds, the the bell sound for like five minutes. And that was a two-inch, zero-mile-an-hour 
thing, you know? Like, yeah. so a 30 mile an hour into it, I mean, I can't even yeah. imagine how bad that would feel. Yeah. And so when we, when we acknowledge this, okay, we have to one, look in the mirror and say, it's no, we can't blame the 25 year old guys anymore because the 25 year old guys, their numbers have actually been getting better. Uh, one of my customers in the shop said the reason that that has shifted, he's a paramedic. And he said, the reason he feels that the number has shifted is that uh, the young people are, are risk averse. And right. so they're not taking the chances they used to. They're not engaging in the gladiator sport that we grew up doing. <laughs> it's true. When you think about when we were children and we grew up, we were encouraged to behave in these rather risky endeavors, right? Jumping our bicycles, our 20-inch, you know, Schwinn high-rise say, bicycles. How many pictures of moms standing there watching their kid jump garbage cans? Smiling. Game on. Yeah, right. Right? And nobody even invented a knee pad yet. No. Right? So that whole idea... <laughs> You know, there was no such thing as a bicycle helmet when I was a child. You couldn't look it up. There was no product that no. was called a bicycle helmet. It didn't exist. You might be wearing your uh, baseball helmet on the way to practice, maybe. I was going to say, <laughs> there were baseball helmets, there were football helmets, yeah. and there was a brand new thing called a skateboarding helmet, which was just a hockey helmet with the screen taken off. Right. Right? Yeah. That's all existed. Freeformer. It said right on the front. Uh, and that it's, was it. And then some of the kids on the bus had those. It's, but it's was, ironic how much stop. I have for just, I just skating. But today, yeah. children do not engage in that behavior. No. I mean, yeah. Before I got on a motorcycle, right. I spent years riding a, uh, my so, pseudo, my Huffy Thunder Road right. over every terrain, jumping it off of curbs, skidding, sliding, right. riding it in right. the wintertime, going through mud, doing everything I could. I sent it through the air. I got five stitches in my chin before yeah. I ever touched a motorcycle. Oh, me too. Yeah, we, I did everything yeah. you could do on a bicycle. Right. <laughs> and then I did every a lot of what you could do on a dirt bike for a long time. Absolutely. Be, wrecked that a million right. times before I ever got on a yeah. street bike. You know what I mean? They don't do that. So I'm, I'm happy to be able to teach Piper out there at the compound. She's already had one little wreck. She went in a big hole and flipped over the bars once. That was good. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was. Has eh. she figured out the jump yet? Uh, she, I did get her to not jump it, but she went over. She went over it. She'll go over. That's good. Yeah, getting over it's a good step. Phase yeah. two will be going down over the hill, <gasps> down by the that's creek. Vicious. That's a whole area. Now. Oh, that's trials, right? Oh, really? Oh, yeah. There's some hill oh, climbs wow. and stuff. Oh no, there's all I'm kinds of evil the shit over there. That shit out. I mean, oh, dude, but Piper, come on. on. Yeah, yeah. And she's gone through the ditch and yeah. stuff through the wash yeah. and stuff like that. Well, that's like, great. Yeah. Oh, that's see. But when you compare that to like my niece or my nephew and stuff like that, they were never out there. Let's go crash our bikes. You know, nobody gave them a Sears All Pro and said, off you fuck, right? Yeah, she got the scooter yeah. stuck and had the power. I'm like, well, give it the beans. Push with your feet. <laughs> <laughs> Slid it, so it went sideways. Yeah. And, oh, okay. She got the feel. And like, check it know. out. I lived. And I think that's what Mid-Ohio does for a lot of people is te teaches you about that little bit of survivalness at a young age. And so I never begrudge the eight-year-old kids that are around there, you know, oh, no, bouncing no. off of us. They're I think their best training thing. possible. I do agree. Right. I think it's a really good thing to let them have at it. If uh, you hit them with a Toyota Camry, it makes it even better. Well, that's yeah. what I would what I would concern myself with over these numbers that have dramatically gone up. The biggest thing that I would would say is there's definitely. Do you remember? Um, do you remember kind of in the 80s when every doctor went out and bought uh, a Corvette? And a Rockwell Commander airplane. So there and Porsches and Corvettes and Rockwell Commander airplanes. This was like, according to Playboy magazine, these were the <laughs> items that you needed to be a real man. Cocaine's a hell of a drug. And Sansa belt pants, 
right? So, and a sex romper, yeah. <laughs> but the, uh, but in a, in a fire in a pit group yeah, <laughs> with, pit with a group round fireplace, in the fireplace with the, yeah, the hood, a yeah. round fireplace. <laughs> but, but the weird thing was, is like people said that, you know, for a while, Porsches became identified as like doctor and dentist killers, you know, yeah. and Corvettes kind of was the same thing. And uh, Rockwell yeah. Commander airplanes kind of got a reputation, too, for being like the Porsche of the skies. But they killed an equal number of doctors yeah. and dentists. And you know what's sad is a lot of those doctors and dentists that were very successful bought their kids Porsches. I woke up when I was a kid. at I think I was 14. Um, I thought aliens were landing. It was three in the morning and mm-hmm. the sky was lighting up like zzzz. And was be- there a Porsche 928 in your front yard? No, there was a 911 that <laughs> oh. a, a 17-year-old girl got for a graduation present. Oh, no. And on North Boyden Road, one block one block from my mom's house, plowed the fucker straight into a telephone pole. When I got down there, the paramedics were there. And they How old was she? 17. Okay. Dad gave it to her. Dad, Dennis, Rich Dennis, Ooh. gave his daughter a 911 for you know graduation party present. Um, they couldn't get to the kids because the power lines were dancing around the oh, car. Oh, that's not good. So that's what was making yeah. the big thing. And so I was like, you know, I'm this kid. Like, Holy and nobody shit. had taught her slow in, go out. Yeah, right. No. Yeah. They here's, here's a 911. Teach her the Porsche rules. It's safe. It has airbags. Yeah. And so <laughs> considering that, Vikings been taught. I thought you do all your slowing down before you get into the yes. curb. <laughs> and once you get into the curb, you power out. You can make your exit as majestic as you want yeah. once you've achieved it. Yeah. <laughs> once you've earned your exit, my friend, make it spectacular. I want to see the front wheel up a little bit when you're exiting a curve. Yeah. Good. Well done. That means you entered it well. Mm-hmm. Like racing, modern racing and stuff that. You know, we have lived in a world that has changed dramatically. Motorcycles now perform so much better than they did before. Oh, yeah. And it doesn't cost you very much money to triple or double your horsepower in your motorcycle. It's pretty easy to do. And bolt-on naughty bits, as my friend Sam calls them, <laughs> bolt-on naughty bits have gone from being it makes it slightly louder to being it remaps the ignition to giving you 60 or 80% more horsepower. Mm. And all you had to do was order it on Amazon. Undo two 10 millimeter screws to put it, take it off. Yep. Put the new one on and plug it in. Yep. And all of a sudden, your motorcycle is now way fucking faster than its brakes were designed to stop. Yeah. And keep that in mind. You have increased the horsepower of your motorcycle by 40%. What did you do for your brakes, your suspension, and your training? You know, what do you I think used- the potent- What do you think the percentage of people? That mm-hmm. modify their motors, modify any of the things no. that you mentioned. You know, I used to actually tell one of my customers who who bought a Hayabusa, which I don't recommend, that there's this triangle. Because he's like, why does my clutch slip? Sorry. You've improved the horsepower. You've improved the drive line. Which it's is all a balancing act. The dragster right. swing arm. Yeah. You did not improve the clutch. No. So the clutch slips. Right. You can chase your way around that. The yeah. whole way. Sleepy, uh, Sleepy. what'd you think about that high-performance exhaust on your TNT 135? <laughs> it was fun for a while. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, it, I, I noticed that thing on, what was that, on Facebook Marketplace? I saw but that. he didn't, he didn't, he did not improve. I agree with what you're saying, Phil. Yeah. The duration of the fuel injection. So he did not increase his horsepower, it just increased his noise. But there are also a lot of bikes. Yeah. Where, I mean, if you have dual piston twin shoes up front. Yeah. yeah. It's way more than most any like my Versys. 
you could give it twice the horsepower. Oh, yeah. It still has a lot of brakes. Plenty I mean, of brake. Yeah. I mean, people actually yeah. have a, a much better fighting chance today with what's rolling around they out do. there. Even if they've dicked around and given it some more horsepower, it still has a lot better brakes than most of what I've ridden. Does anybody life. here at the table own an inflatable piece of clothing that's not for fun? <laughs> I got. A, I was thinking about a way to word oh. that because I mean, look, I've got some inflatable stuff at home, but it's mostly for fun. Yeah, right. Uh, but not yet. They're too expensive. I like the idea. Of, you like the idea. I do. So you. Th- I mean, I'm I sorry. Guess. MotoGP. These guys are going down at 190 miles yeah. an hour in a turn, right. and you, you can see as soon as they're in the air, mm-hmm. their body goes. <laughs> And yeah. they hit and they bounce and they get up and they walk and they're mad that their bike's broken. I, as I get older, I'm more concerned about the strength of my neck. I'm more concerned that I have had crashes in my career where I, I did the thing, you know, I, I remember, you know, it wasn't a bad crash. I know what happened. I know that my bike and I went down. I know that we hit the ground. I know that I then took up my posture, whether I decided I was going to get big <laughs> You know, you get big. Yeah. It's like when you see a, a mountain lion, you get big. Yeah. And when you see a bear, you get small. Right. And so sometimes when you fall off the motorcycle, situation dictates that you get big. So you want to minimize your rolling and your tumbling. And you want to just hopefully go for a nice long slide. You know, use the slide to dissipate the energy so that you come to a stop before you go too far off the edge of the road or something like that. Because a lot of things they put by the side of the road are hard to hit. And then. And hard when you hit them. That's what I think. Yeah. So it's, and then sometimes though. <laughs> you might want to get in. So sometimes you might want to, if you're moving along pretty quickly, sometimes you might, if you can, you might want to make yourself small and uh, try not to rip your arms off and things like that. And I've broken some bones and I've had those things happen. I've never experienced a real neck injury. I've had it where like for a week or two after the crash, I've been like, ah, fuck. Mm. And I did break my collarbone twice, but I've never actually broken anything in my neck or gotten close to it. The last time I had to get off on a bike, holy, I thought my head was going to come off my fucking shoulders. I mean, yeah, helmets are lighter now. They're a lot safer than they are. But I went down and I was wearing a decent, you know, quality full face. And I honestly felt like I was in danger of a true neck injury. And that's what I love about these inflatable vests. What I thought was so cool is they fill the gap. Mm -hmm. So they're like, you know, they're, they're literally being the neck brace, the neck brace that you didn't leave the house wearing. But at the time of tragedy, the time of crash, you are now wearing a neck brace. Well, and I think too, if you have the vest and a helmet, yeah, that's all your vital organs are fairly protected. Like, I agree. It's going to help you. Like, like yeah. Chris is saying, like if you have an off on the side of the road, yeah. the guardrail's hard. Yeah. Oh, but that man. vest, it supposedly absorbs enough that it's it won't break your back. They all look kind of magic. Some of the most severe injuries. Yeah. Are you making contact with your bike? I can think of a few. Yeah. Where if you're in the right kind of accidents, if a car stops in front of you and you ascend them, mm-hmm. like the one guy, he actually like literally his gas tank was smashed flat yeah. as he slid forward, pressed it down around the frame, and then the handlebars hit him square in the hips broke both of his femurs <sighs> as he flipped over the bars you know and, wow. he, and johnny chrome i mean he didn't go down no he was hit from behind and broke right. his leg and stuff like yeah there and yeah there are some yeah 
I mean, but yeah, I mean, there's always going to be those accidents, but like a, a typical one where you go like and mm-hmm. you fall off, I think they're going to be beneficial, man. Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, yes, but I mean, just wearing leathers though, even without the, I mean, wearing the right, just you know what I mean, even yeah, wearing right. or a or a Cordura or something, you know, and having some armor. No, but stuff think about it. As we get lot. older and our bones get more brittle and stuff like that, having like something to absorb at least fifty percent of the blow of whatever you're falling or something, that has to change how bad the accident's going to be to your body. Sure. Now. Climb has got a airbag vest. I have a question. How are they triggered? I mean, like, like that's got to be Excellent very important. Question. A- absolutely. How, how, Excellent when question. When do they go off? Right. You know, what so, makes them go off? I, well. So there's there's the type that runs on a tether, mm-hmm. and there's the type that runs on an accelerometer. Yep. So you've got two different technologies out there right now. You've got tether-based, and you've got accelerometer-based. And when they first came out, Helite uh, was the company that, kind of pioneered it and they were tether based. So you had a cord that went from your jacket, your vest to your handlebars of your motorcycle. And you had to jerk that son of a bitch. And if you jerked it 60 plus pounds of force, it would pop the CO2 canister and very much like a life, uh, uh, PFD, it would detonate and it would inflate rapidly around your body. And so, uh, those were seven to $900 when they first came out. So not cheap, right? Not, not cheap by a long shot, but the price has come down. And mm. so we're getting into that $400 range now. Now Dionysi um, has their system is done with accelerometers. So the idea behind them using uh, accelerometers is that you no longer have to concern yourself with the tether. And so getting rid of the tether, getting rid of that physical connection between you and the, uh, and the motorcycle, now it is just like a shock sensor that's built into your phone or something like that. When it notices that you're going to be going so fast and you're going to, your change in velocity, your delta is so much that it will then decide to pop for you. Uh, now, one of my concerns, and I was thinking about this, is are they repackable? So like after it pops, can I put this thing back into service myself or do I need to be unprotected while I mail it back to the manufacturer? I don't think that's price. <laughs> I think the manufacturer wants it to be one and done. Okay. Yeah. And so different companies have approached it different ways. Uh, and I think that's something that you're going to have to look at that yourself. Speedy does it with a tether. Uh, their vest is about 700 bucks. Uh, Alpine stars does about 750 bucks. Uh, different companies use different, uh, I guess the right way to say it is different companies use different levels of technology when it comes to the, the vest itself. But the, the Dionysi one is kind of magical because one, the Dionysi, you do have to recharge every once in a while. So you plug it into a USB and charge it up. And then it's got a series of lights on it that indicate to you the, the health of the battery so that you're aware of it. But because it has Bluetooth communication with an app or something you're running on your phone, it does also give you a lot of data for your money. So you're getting a lot of stuff. You're getting a lot of information. If you're an information junkie, then you might like that. You might be like, oh, check out my, my stats for my ride because that is an accelerator accelerometer that is on board with you anytime you go anywhere. Right. And it doesn't care. And that's the other thing too is it doesn't care what piece of equipment on. You're like, it doesn't matter what motorcycle you're on. If you have your vest on and you have, it's activated, phone or no phone, you come off this bike, it's going to activate. And it does appear to me to be kind of a fucking amazing idea. How much is that one? 
What, the Dainese? Yeah. I'll pull it up for you. Yeah. But the... Uh, to see it. Yeah, the Dainese one is... I think it might be at the moment, it might be kind of the, the coolest or tech-rich version of it. And that comes in... You can buy the system. Uh, we'll pull that up first because the system is a 1000 bucks. Okay. Oh, but sleepy? The sleep... The system covers your entire goddamn body. Oh, is jack strap this is what goes on under your leathers. Mm. Okay. And because it goes on under your leathers, uh, this particular system, this is all of you. Okay. So this is the full Aquaman suit. And That's crazy. it is, isn't it? So there's the sense, there's the device, right? On that waistband. Yeah. And then you've got this entire area down here. And so this, you know, this idea is going to give you protection for all of you. Uh, it's kind of cool. I mean, thousand bucks, right? So it's not cheap by any standards. When you look at that, though, do they make them in like uh, adult U.S. sizes? <laughs> I was going to say, do they make it in sizes for chunky boys? <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs> so there's what it looks like when it's popped. So uh, we'll go up to that. So how would that not, dude? If that's inside of like leathers that fit properly. Right. That's just going to compress you like a fucking, uh, you're getting your blood check sleeve. You know what I mean? Like if those things went off. Blood pressure cuff. Yeah, blood pressure cuff. <laughs> what did I say? Who the fuck knows what you said? It's going to be a full, sus- it's gonna be a full body tourniquet. <laughs> yeah. I, I suspect they're like uh, airbags though. They do, yes, the, they they are do airbags. the pop and they're, it's yeah. only for yeah. and a, then they go down. a minute and yeah. then it loses it. And so by the. By the yeah. time you recover from the accident, it will have lost pressure and you'll be Okay. Right. You've never got a blood <laughs> pressure check that fast. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, can you just keep, keep pumping it up, Doc? Yeah. Oh, okay. Hold on. I'm getting close. Oh, six more strokes and I'll be done. You do a carotene on yourself every oh. time you crash. But, uh, <laughs> but that idea, you know, that idea behind it is... Uh, I had to say carotene as opposed to in excess because I, you know, I wasn't yeah. sure about the room. So I had a low side question. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what are you? I mean, is there a, is there anything you're supposed to do if you low side like jump on top of the bike? Like don't no. don't try to oversteer it. Don't take the to, bike away to not throw you into a high side. Like no, it just every you, yeah. So anything you do is gonna, you're going to end up. In I high will side. give you my tip for low sides. Just like, just lay down. If you stay down. If you so here's my, this is my own technique and I I've only used it twice now to save my own ass. When you find yourself going into a low side and you will know you're going into a low side because there won't be any doubt about you going into a low side. The only technique that I've learned, and I learned this on my zero on the zero SRF is to just look further down the road. So I, I read that in one of our training things and I, Somebody told me that in a training school and I was like, okay, just look further down the road. That's one thing that you can do. And I was riding in conditions that I were like, hmm, I wonder if you could low side a zero. That was the thought that went through my head about 90 seconds before I had this experience. And the traction control on them is extremely sophisticated. And so I'm going to say that it was the traction control that did its job perfectly. And it wasn't me, but it could have been me. We don't know. When I felt the back of the bike scoot out, instead of doing what I would do, which is having my my brain and my head automatically aim my head towards the point of impact, well, the future point of impact, <laughs> right? 
what I did was instead was I, I did, I did that whole thing like, no motherfucker, look further down the road. And so I changed my target fixation further away. I looked further down the road and I did not change my throttle position because normally you drop out of your throttle position and that reduces your wheel speed. You get your traction package back and it catapults you over the handlebars. Yeah. And if you're already leaning over it, right. and you, you're going down now yes. because you've lost it. You know. Yeah. So my idea was rather than changing my throttle position, maintain my throttle position, change my point of focus. And what happened was the bike did. I yawed a little bit. I backed it in. Right. <laughs> Accidentally. I'm not that good. You Dan and Tino Rossi. Did. I did not. <laughs> yeah. That was a stoner move right there, buddy. Um, it was not. It was just simply I survived it. I didn't crash. So not crashing was pretty fucking cool. You know, not crashing was great. But to have the feeling that I was going to low side and then to not low side. However, riding in the dirt not long ago, when we were playing around on the bikes. I pushed the bike way too hard in Oberlin. And I pushed the bike way too hard in Oberlin and my bike did what it happens. It, it sacrificed its traction package. And so when the bike began low siding, I had to remember you dumb fucker. Don't correct. Don't fucking correct. And what I did was I just took my target. I, I reassessed my target further down. I want, I, I made my point of focus one pine tree over <laughs> And the bike went out from under me in a beautiful semicircle, and I fell on the ground. I slid for like six feet or 12 feet on my, you know, my, my left leg. And then I managed to just kind of like stand up. And I stood up and I looked around and Steve was the only one that saw it. So I totally got away with it. Mm. And I went and picked my bike up and off I fucked. Right. So I think that the idea is Merritt uses the phrase, because Merritt's had a couple of low sides that turned into spectacular high sides, but she also got pretty good at low sides one year on the cart tracks because they're <laughs> so tight. So, I mean, they're tight. You're 10 yeah, turns in one mile. It's pretty goddamn tight. Like if I ask any of you to do 10 turns in one mile, you're going to be like, that's a lot of turns. Oh no. Yeah. We just, yeah, we did. Yeah. It. It so crazy. 10 turns in one mile is a lot of turns. And Merritt did came. She said, don't ever turn a perfectly good low side into a high side. <laughs> and that's a pretty decent, decent way to yeah. think about it. I mean, it. when you break it down, what's happening when you look out ahead yeah. is if you go to a low side, you're going to turn into it. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. what you're trying to save it by yeah. turning into it. Yeah. And that's when you catch and flip over. If right. you look out ahead, yeah. it's not going to, you're not going to oversteer yeah. into it. Right. That's what, that's trying to keep you from doing and it. There are the other ones that you can't do anything. If you're sliding in a low slide and the tire yeah. bites and yeah. flips you up, there's nothing you can do well, to and do that. That's why once you hear metal, give up the fight. Yeah, right. Let so it go. So once you hear metal, Chris is right. Get away from the bike. Push away from the bike. Once yeah. you hear metal, you're done. You can't do anything yeah, else Then let it high point. side all at once. As well, long as you're not attached to it, you're good. As long as it's flat, it's not going to high side. It's going to slide. Unless a peg catches on a curb, you're probably okay. That's what I said, or a tire yeah. or something. Yeah, and that's, and that's a big deal. When you have a low side situation, your ass is 16 inches off the ground. Any one of us in here can fall 16 inches. But a high side, you could be falling from 9 or 10 feet out of the sky. Oh, yeah. And nobody in here wants to fall 9 or 10 and feet And probably out of the upside sky. down at that point. Well, too. that's the point. Yeah. Problem is, the way that our bodies are built tends to naturally, when we leave a motorcycle in that fashion, we don't come down feet first. Uh -uh. Merritt pulled a Spider-Man one time. And <laughs> she pulled a Spider-Man high side. And I got to see it happen. 
And she was in a, a competition where the two bikes were rubbing up against each other and two bikes were literally leaning, two riders were leaning on each other. And she, her bike gave up the traction package first. And so her bike went down into a low side. She was literally against the other rider going down into the crash. And then when the bike got to a certain point, whether she cocked the wheel or the wheel got cocked in the crash, the bike grabbed traction package was restored. The bike <laughs> trebucheted her and Merritt went up into the air and I saw her go up into the air and I was like, Oh fuck, we're going to the hospital. Right. Cause I know I've been there, done that. Right? That, that Dianuzi suit she's got is pretty good, but it's not that great. There were no airbags involved back then. But what she did is she like, she like pulled this ninja move where she like, she spread her arms out, the little silver wings deployed, and then she landed on her feet. Wow. And she landed on her feet. She went flying squirrel. She did go flying she squirrel. <laughs> she spread her ass out. She spread her arms out and the bike did its own thing. You know, the bike was fucked. There's your, a low side is going to cause you like $93 worth of damage. Mm. A high side is probably going to total the bike. Yeah. So that's another reason low sides are so nice. But, but Merritt got, she landed on her feet and I mean, she took a stumble. It wasn't like she did it, you know, Marvel superhero landing or anything. Feet into a dive roll, into a kung fu pose. <laughs> she did a stumble. She did a stumble, like made like three or four steps and then was like looking around where the bike went. Cause that's the other thing too, is wow. you're like, where's my fucking bike? Yeah. You know, but she did that. I was so impressed and I kind of like went past her cause I didn't crash. So I was like, I went past her. I was like, oh, fucking I married her. That's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see anybody else's wife doing that. So it was like, yes, sir. That's my baby. <laughs> that's exactly it. I was like, well, too bad you get a DNS, but or a DNF, but fuck it. It was worth it. And then you plowed into Hodge. She's now that, not that one, but she super <laughs> fucked that bike up. But did you see on this inflatable suit that it actually has hip protectors? Yeah. Yes. That's going to segue me into my next thing. The inflatable jeans. Yeah. Okay. Has anybody fallen down and hurt their hips? Yeah, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I only have one. <laughs> if you would have showed me this suit with the inflate, like we, I, I told people today, I was like inflatable pants. Yeah. It's a thing. Yeah. So you can buy inflatable pants now. Well, I've had that since high school. I don't want to... <laughs> the Reebok Airs. i my pants a little bit. Usually after the podcast. Okay. So let's talk about that for a second, because I'm going to tell you, I think as I get older, my likelihood of cracking a hip yeah. in a relatively minor fall yeah. has gone way the fuck up because I, I know that I don't fall down as good. I mean, remember, I, I took me to jujitsu lessons for 20 goddamn years. I, I was really good at falling off of things. I used to jump out of airplanes and I do, I'm not good at it anymore. Dude, I, I suck at I it. I fell off a creeper and I thought I was going to end. I'm like, this is how it ends. I fucking found two inches to my death. I spent 37 seconds on a skateboard last year. <laughs> Bad idea. That was it. 37 seconds. And I snowboard and I ski and stuff, but I'm 53 goddamn years old. I don't fall like I know what I'm doing anymore. Mm -mm. I fall like this. Like I fall in all the worst ways. I used to fall like go down a flight of stairs and pop up and be like, we cool, right? Yeah. I was painting it today and I had to like, I was going to lay down on the floor and paint. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, I could, I'm like, wait a second. I can't get up. I'm like, I normally would just be like, you know, like fall on the Are floor. you talking about getting down or getting up? Getting down. So getting down. <laughs> yeah. I was like, 
wait a second. Dude, Stop. you couldn't wait. even have let like, gravity okay. have its way with you? I, okay, I gotta grab hold of the wall here and help myself get down on the ground. Down is I'm the like, easy one. Yeah, well, I mean, I, you would think. That's you what I'm fake. like. You would like, think. I'm like, I'm like, oh, my knee. Oh, my hand. Oh, oh, oh. So all the normal parts of getting yeah. down on the ground yeah, are not like, so good. Or more of a challenge. Yeah. yeah. So when I saw this picture of this ridiculous Stay Puff Marshmallow Man, but I did look at it and went, oh, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> no, it does. I He's mean, still it, puffy. <laughs> it may. Now, it doesn't have the neck collar business. So clearly, yeah, somebody's had a thought about that. Somebody's had a thought about that. I mean, I like the bike bags, the, the bags like on the Goldwing and stuff that they had. Were, but that's only good if you stay on the bikes. Now you're going to have to have like a seatbelt that tethers you. Keeps you on the bike for all that to work. And that, I don't know. These are better. Uh, what John is talking about is not fictitious. It's real. Uh, John's not talking about something that doesn't actually exist. John is talking about something that actually does exist. But that would help is, you with the, you know, I hit something instead of me going through the handlebars, I hit a bag. That would be pretty decent and and yeah. that's always there it's not even something that's cumbersome it's just it's out of sight out of mind yeah. it deploys in a, in a dire situation and you and you don't have to think about it you know that's the other thing uh to i'm not going to put this up on the podcast because we will get demonetized or whatever because fucking youtube but anyway i'm going to put a s- still up for our podcast listeners at home but if you can download an image or a video of the honda airbag deploying um, actually going off, it's kind of incredible. I mean, it, it is it is 100% going to save lives. And that's something that no other manufacturer has approached. I know that in my particular pickup truck, I have eight airbags, right? There's, there's no shortage. In fact, I would feel safer in my pickup truck in a crash, in a horrible collision than just about anywhere else. And... Uh, in the video, and so I'm just, for our podcast listeners, I'm going to put a still up. But in the video, the man takes it right in the chest, right? Uh, that airbag happens in one one hundredth of a second. That's kind of awesome. It's man. kind of awesome. And I've ridden these motorcycles with this airbag installed. So when you buy the Honda Goldwing now, you can buy it one of two ways. And the one way it has a giant entertainment center in that panel. Mm-hmm. And then the other way it has an airbag in that panel. So that panel, uh, when this thing goes off, it goes off, boy, howdy. I have two issues with it. One is that it is flesh colored. And two is that it looks like somebody's buttocks. (laughs) So that when it does deploy, you are seriously sticking your face into the chocolate starfish of a 400 pound man. They could have made it I any other color. I prefer to consider it a woman. But oh. though you can stick your face in a man if you want. <laughs> Whatever makes you happy, man. Oh. That's like Grimm's butt. It is a big old butt. So, but that's the way the system works. And it is, it's, it's magic. I mean, the fact that that motorcycle in every way is a completely normal motorcycle. There's nothing about it from the outside that would be like, oh, by the way, this is the Nerfomatic. 1800 safety cycle so it just looks it looks fucking horrible from the outside right it's just a bumper with wheels <laughs> what noise does it make <laughs> yeah it wouldn't be any fun at all right so i mean that's where i think that honda should be given some serious fucking props for that yeah. because 
it didn't destroy the motorcycle. It didn't a fuck. It didn't fuck up the aesthetic of it. How about that as an idea? A low a low side preventer. It's an airbag that pops out the side the of the side bike. of the bike, <laughs> and, and it's a careful calculus on your speed, the gravity, the inertia. Yeah, and if the bike tips uh-huh. past a certain point, uh-huh. poof, and sets you back up. Yeah, that's a good yeah. idea. So, man. I mean, just yeah. like a wheel on an arm that comes out. Yeah, well, you work. could do that, but I mean, nobody wants that's. This is just a little airbag unit that's just poof. Yeah, um, or a little missile. Like it shoot like it's something like a projectile to punch a, sab- a sabot. Yeah, punches it into the ground. <laughs> <laughs> or or maybe just slow down a little bit. Um, uh, that's no fun. Though. BMW wanted desperately. I mean, BMW wanted so hard to make an uncrashable motorcycle. And so you can look this up. This is an easy thing, and I'll throw a couple of links up so people can see it. But BMW tried so hard to make an uncrashable motorcycle that they came up with this fucking abomination. And uh, like, what are you gonna do with that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, you're not you're not gonna low low side. No, I'm pretty sure Cinch could crash that. Yeah, that's That's exactly what I described. You're not. That's exactly what. That is exactly what Dan described. That is 100% what Dan described. Um, so, so yeah. So a just wheel on a stick. It's a wheel on a stick. So, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Explain that one at the bike night. Uh, okay, Timmy, tough guy. All right. He's making a left turn. Everybody duck. It's it. So BMW came up with a motorcycle, though, uh, an old R-series bike that had air-powered outriggers that folded into the body of the motorcycle. Mm. And that when the motorcycle would go over at an extreme angle, these would pop out. And so they would pop out and you could set it so they would either deploy at red lights. You didn't have to put your feet down. Or in extreme levels of turning, they'd pop out if you went too far and they would pop out and they would gently push you back up again. What they forgot was that in extreme levels of turning, we need that lean. All right. There's a reason people scrape their knee pegs or <clears throat> et cetera. And so when they had the thing and it was leaned over in a curve and it would deploy, you had this beautiful lean angle going into a turn and it would deploy and it would push you out of your turn. Oh, yeah, it would. So that would meant that you would go left of center at traffic. Oh, yeah. That's a bad fucking idea. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be hard to market that one. What's going to be harder still is this fucking contraption. So, but the idea was the un uncrashable or cornering technique system. And yeah, I've been to wheelie school where I rode a motorcycle that was on a rig that was designed that would let you wheelie, but not overcook it. So you could go to 11 o'clock, but you couldn't go to 1230. And so you're on a rig when you do yep, that yep. and it's fun and it builds your confidence up and stuff it like that. It gives and you a clutch control. Oh, it certainly that, does yeah. give you that. That's the, but, usually the hardest part of learning that stuff. And it takes away that pucker factor of like, mm. Oh, I overcooked it. I'm going to pee wee Herman this well, fucker down. And also, down. as soon as it's somebody else's bike, half the pucker factor's gone anyway. So like, <laughs> give me that throttle. <laughs> when, it, when it's somebody else's 1200 bandit, yeah. you can get a little more friendly with <laughs> it. <laughs> hey, so speaking of BMWs, you just you happen to mention this. I have a tip for our listeners. This yeah. is a real easy one. Okay. Just All right. When somebody mentions a motorcycle, just be real positive until you find out why they're asking about it. Oh, I had a friend hit me up and he's like, you ever hear of the BMW R18? I'm like, um, I'm like the bike that, that BMW teased awesomely and then produced a halfway mediocre representation of it. Ooh. He was like, yeah, I just bought one. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like, fuck. <laughs> nice. I mean, I mean, yours looks great. <laughs> Did looks, you do something with the pipes? Oh, so what you're trying to tell me is just don't be an asshole. Yeah. Okay, all right. Fair enough. <laughs> oh, I'll work on that. Oh, no, your BMW is amazing. Yeah. But I didn't uh, see your. Oh, yours. <laughs> uh, I, no, if I would have saw yours first, I mean, obviously. Looks that's, good on you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That come with a bowl of soup? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> free, free bowl of soup. <laughs> well, that's. When you do think about. We're pretty polarized, right? So yeah. in our group, you know, people are like, oh, well, this bike's great or that bike's great or this bike sucks or that bike sucks. Yeah, I pretty much since I've owned a motorcycle shop for the past 23 goddamn years, I've gotten real good at being like, oh, so you've got an Intruder 1400. How do you like it? Like, well, I didn't whatever, know we the, whatever it. they say. Yeah. Hey, what do you think about the... Uh, I'm just saying a general question about any yeah. motorcycle. He didn't say, I What do you think this. about the Scram 441? Exactly. Oh, do you have one? Do you like it? Yeah, do you like it? That's no, but I'm thinking thing. about it. What do you think about it? And I, I'm like, oh, okay. Well, there you go. Well, I just... You got to lead to a second question and get more info yeah, before you give right. your honest opinion yeah. of anything. That's that's what I'm getting at. <laughs> <laughs> Took so, me 52 years now to figure that out, but I got it down. So now. how long have you had the Schinsvac 400? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Yeah. Volusia. <laughs> Volusia. It's the best Volusia. It's pronounced Voluser. Let's just pronounce it right. Ever. Yeah. There's a there's an implied R at the end of that. No, no. Every real adventurer I know has a fucking Ural. <laughs> <laughs> that's why all the best european rescue and police bikes are all your all right when you really want to save somebody's life you're all that's exactly it yeah when when it absolutely positively has to get to its destination you're all the only thing i'm thinking obviously yeah Come on, of Two course. Two-wheel drive version only. <laughs> Whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't. Honestly. Come on. Yeah. That's the least of its problems. <laughs> Having one too many drive wheels is not the Ural's major problem. <laughs> I was yeah. thinking if they just put little wheels on the ends of the cylinders of the boxer engines, yes. you'd never go over. You'd never go over. That's true. <laughs> Uh, you know, that's I'm surprised somebody. Kerry no, Aachen probably makes that. There's a part number in Kerry yeah. Aachen for those things somewhere. Uh, no, what's the BMW manufacturer? Like, what's the big? Uh, I'll show you a picture. Isn't yeah, like a like a major B, like Karyakin does all the stuff for the cruisers, but BMWs have like I'm sure it's in gotta, Germany. I gotta, BMW. Bring this, I gotta bring this picture up. So uh, there's a buddy of mine I used to race with in Arma, and he raced. He campaigned a BMW, and he had knee pucks for the heads. Yep. Oh yeah, <laughs> and, he had, and he had, and they were just, I, they was nothing sophisticated about them. They were knee pucks. <laughs> they were just knee pucks, and he did need the shit out of them. I was uh, say it probably makes sense. It makes perfect sense. It made perfect goddamn sense. But the first time I saw it, I went, "Huh? Well, there you go." Because I have, I've only been on my air, you know, on my airhead. I've only been over far enough to hit noise like metal. Like How far once. can they go over? Pretty like, fucking far. That's what I'm saying. Like, is it like all the way? Pretty far. They can go over pretty far. Now they do most BMW. If you can racing for airheads, they have a lower frame rail that actually raises 
the engine up yeah. just about yeah. five lifts the motor inches. up. Yeah, lifts the motor up a lot. Yeah, but the uh, but that's what you don't want to do though is raise your center of gravity. Center of gravity so, goes up too high. You got too many problems. But on an airhead, it, it actually does help with the lean over. It's a very very interesting thing because I've only I've only done that one time that yep. did not involve a crash. Yep. Too bad you couldn't make the heads up at an, like at an angle. What? Oh, you mean like that? Like, like, like maybe a 90? Yeah. Like, like maybe a 90 like degree view? Like the best bike in the world. Like Where's a CX-500. Like oh, it'd be like a CX-500. <laughs> <laughs> well, but if it could only be Italian and less reliable. Yeah, right. Can we do that? Yeah. It still raises the center of gravity. Wait. It still raises the center of gravity. <laughs> you're right. It still raises the center of gravity. The uh, But you're absolutely right. But it is a, that is a very, like, that's a funny thing when you when you get to start thinking about when you design a motorcycle and you design a motorcycle a certain way, uh, nobody at the factory ever thought that people are going to race this thing. People were like, <laughs> people were like, they're going to ride it through the goddamn mountains, right? They're going to mm-hmm. ride it through the Swiss Alps. They're going to go look at tulips and shit. They're <laughs> not going to put it on a racetrack. I like how old, like really old vintage GP bikes yeah. had the, the mufflers with the flat spot. Yes. Where it's a round muffler, but they flatten they them literally out. Literally flattened. Like, it why out. didn't they just upsweep them on like a half a con air? It's like, I don't know. Because <laughs> it was an afterthought. They got they built it and they were like, holy shit, this guy's leaning the this thing over. The lowest point is the muffler. Okay, well, we'll just make a flat spot. Here. I, yeah. <laughs> as, as you look at these, and because you know they're all stamped, right? So they're all stamped. And you're like, it's so beautiful. It's a perfectly rounded cone and it's a, it's a cylinder. It goes into a cone and it goes into a smaller cone and it goes into a smaller cylinder called the header. It's so elegant. Now, John, get the lump hammer over here. Let's knock some clearance into this son of a bitch. (laughs) Just knock some clearance into this fucker. And you're like, Oh man, come on. (laughs) It's like, yep. Flat as fuck. (laughs) Just garbage. And, you know, since the Japanese became so cool at exposed seals or exposed seams, Mm -hmm. you can't have a motorcycle. Japanese motorcycles, every Japanese motorcycle gas tank has got that fucking seam that goes all the way around the bottom. Yeah. That just shows you, like, we like you, but we like saving money, too. Mm -hmm. Like, we like you. We're going to put decent paint on it, but we're going to make it cheap to build. And when you see that seam that goes around every Japanese motorcycle's gas tank, and I don't care whose it is, mm. as much as Harley Davidson, you know, gets the, its balls busted, it would never let a gas tank, seam, gas tank seam leave the factory. It would also never let an exhaust seam leave the factory. Mm. And when you look at every JDM motorcycle, that is a fucking, it's just exposed goddamn pinch welds everywhere. Every goddamn where. And when you look at a Ducati or you look at a even a goddamn Royal Enfield or a Harley Davidson, you never see an exposed pinch weld anywhere. Mm. And it's like the Japanese were like, it's good enough for Fords. It's good enough for Chevys. It's good enough for Chrysler's. Print it. Make it. Well, but you can see it. I know. That's why they sold that chrome sticky stuff at uh, AutoZone. <laughs> the press-on trim? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so now you're calling attention to it. Yeah. yeah Can like we make that brighter? CB750s have their own little trim. That I know. It crimps right it on. Crimps right thing. on. They were like, let's turn this disaster into a feature. But see, yeah. that always falls off. So you have to go to AutoZone and you get the <laughs> Buy the, the stick-on the replacement yeah. chrome yeah. for it. Get it from J.C. Whitney if you're old. Yeah. But and where do they all rust out? Right at that seam. At that exact yeah. seam, too. Because if it's a seam on the outside, it's a seam on the inside as well, which right. means it's a valley. Yeah. You know, it's a pinch point. And that is God's truth. I've looked at some 
horrible British motorcycles from the 50s and 60s. They don't have that fucking scene. Hmm. And it gives them just a little bit more integrity, even though I know they're waiting to fall apart, even though I know they're garbage. <laughs> it gives them just a little bit more integrity than that fucking split seam. And Honda Suzuki will design a beautiful motorcycle and be like, couldn't you have made that fucking thing go away? Yeah. You're looking down, you're sitting on your motorcycle. The handlebars make sense. The triple clamps make sense. The gauges make sense. We put a four into four Lotus Blossom exhaust on this motorcycle. Thank you. Oh, yeah, but it has seams. We have 17 <laughs> unnecessary pressings in our exhaust so they could look like Lotus Blossoms. Right. But we have a giant seam that I can look at 21 inches in front of my dick the entire time I'm riding and just know that this was not built to the highest standard. Yeah, like think about this, what, the CB 160s or whatever? Yeah. They had it right down the tank, the 200s. Yes. It wasn't even on the side. No, it was, it was like in the middle of the, middle the fucking of the tank. tank. Yeah, yeah. Seriously. <laughs> and you're like, oh, that's that's quality build right there. Yeah, and like it, the OCD yeah. of my brain of like having everything symmetrical. You look down and they're it's never not symmetrical. symmetrical. They're never no. symmetrical. In fact, if you see one that's symmetrical, it's been crashed. They must, I, I have a feeling that they like that because it it adds add is add it adds. <laughs> slow down, slow down. Time for the Bourbon Blaster three thousand. It adds rigidity or something like that. Like oh, you know, like well, okay, all right. It's like. <laughs> Like so it's strengthening ribs, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> dude. That it picture, has all the sophistication of a drop tank on an old carefully airplane. Carefully engineered, dude. I think what happened with that picture that you have up of the BMW, dude. Yeah, they must have got the prop master from the earlier Doctor Who episodes to create the fucking engineering on that. Oh, thing. they had a seven dollar budget. <laughs> is what yeah. you're trying to say. Like, what are those fucking tubes made of? They're like it I looks like know. it looks like PVC. pool noodles. It's I like, don't yeah. know. <laughs> PVC and pool noodles with a fucking Harbor Freight wheel stuck you on know the what? end of it. I, I I'm gonna <laughs> I, I'm gonna tell you what I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna dive into my brain of brains, and I'm gonna say knowing a thing or two about BMW, it's aluminium. Do you know why? It has just enough yield. So that when you tilt that thing over, it, because it's not there's only one triangle. See the triangle at the bottom of it. Yeah. So there's there's one gusseting. There's one series of gusseting on it, and then it's adjustable. So if you look at the picture on the thing, it is adjustable. Uh, I'll bring up a better picture for our listeners at home. Okay, there you go. Oh so if God. you look at a better picture for listeners at home, there you go. If you look at that thing, you'll see that it is completely fucking adjustable. And that, to me, um, that's what says that this particular thing was meant to have a certain amount of flex in it. It was not meant. And honestly, for those little agricultural tires that are on that son of a bitch, those could have been skids. Yeah. For the, all the good they're going to do. Skis, yeah. Yeah, they could have been skis. Those things could have been skis. They could have been anything. It didn't matter. Like a tail dragger plane. Yep, exactly. At this point, this is more like the guy, you know, remember Blondin? You don't remember Blondin because he was dead before you were born. But the guy who walked across Niagara Falls on a wire. The secret isn't that you're standing up there. You have a long ass pole that drops your center of balance and your center of gravity below the wire. And without the pole, you're fucked. And honestly, with this kind of a, with this kind of a rig, it's as much that than it is anything else. Because by the time you tip the motorcycle far enough that that little four inch agricultural tire hits the ground. Yeah. The exercise is over. 
you know, now getting it back up, that could be a little bit interesting. <laughs> then yeah. Call your friends. Call your friends. <laughs> or just feel like you just kind of, you kind of coast in on its side and be like, okay, try that again. It's funny because like when they showed this picture in India, they were like, we could fit our whole family ah! on both sides of it. Well, and it's also good for those Chinese roads that are 15 lanes wide, but yeah. nobody's on them. Yeah. Yeah. So you could totally do that. Don't get me wrong. I would love it. I would totally give this thing a rip and oh, yeah. I would, I would bury it, but it is kind of funny when this became the, would you like to learn how to corner better? Let's put a 10 foot pole on both sides of your motorcycle. Right. Because the second you take that away, you know, it's not there anymore. Oh yeah. Your brain acknowledges that you've been literally had your safety net removed. Mm -hmm. So it's not going to be the same experience twice because that's got to change the That's got to change the handling of the motorcycle a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Uh, anything? What were the other topics you want to talk about? Anything? Anything? So a woman was in a coma. Oh boy. She had been in for a bunch of months. Oh boy. <clears throat> the nurses were in her room giving her a bed bath. One of them was washing her private area and noticed that there was a slight response on the monitor whenever she touched her there. They tried it again and sure enough, there was a definite movement. They went to her husband and explained what happened, telling him, Crazy as this sounds, but maybe a little oral sex will do the trick and bring her out of the coma. Good God, the husband said. But they assured him that they would close the curtain for privacy. The husband finally agreed, went into his wife's room. A few minutes later, the woman's monitor flatlined, no pulse, no heart rate. The doctor ran into the room and said, what happened? She's choking, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you guys remember our podcast listener, Dave Osterday? Yes. I may have mentioned Dave before. Guess what? Hey, Dave. Dave is back. Baby Corinne joined us about 10 weeks early. Wow. Whoa. 10 weeks. 10 weeks early. So we've been spending a lot of time at the NICU. That's the natal yeah. intensive care unit. Neonatal. The neonatal intensive yeah. care unit. And all of you oh, have helped geez. me get through it. I need to put some funding out there when I can. Three stars. Wow, so, nice. man, Dave, here's to you, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah my, good, uh, good luck. Good yeah, luck. Good luck indeed. Yeah. Nice job. My nephew Braxton was born at 20. Six weeks or t yes. Oh, really, oh, really early. When I put Braxton in my hand the first time, he didn't fill my whole hand up. That's crazy. And he's a great kid. Fucking awesome kid. So, you, uh, man, what you're going through, good on you, man. Good yeah. on you. That is fantastic. I'm so happy for you. I hope everything goes great. I'm, I feel shameful that you've been listening to our podcast <laughs> when you should For be laughs. right when you should be taking care of your family in this time of stress. And but no, honestly, fuck, it's going to blow off some steam. Man. Wow. Yeah. Do good you, for you. Uh, I got an email. Yeah, you uh, do. And it's for it's for you, actually. OK, uh -oh. well, kind of. Oh, boy. So, here we go. Says, hey, a while back, Phil wasn't convinced that I'm from Sweden. <laughs> I now submit proof of the fact <laughs> Ride low and chase panties, my bro from another hoe. <laughs> and it's Jimmy Yamaha, and this is his proof that he is Swedish. 
Vert de Ferk. <laughs> <laughs> it's got the Swedish chef on it saying Vert de Ferk. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. I love that shirt. I did debate. I, I did legitimately have my questions whether or not he was actually Swedish. Jesus. Yeah, like Swe- Rooksock and Swedish meatballs or get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> Can he assemble Ikea? Reach down and grab your Rooksock. That's it, man. <laughs> oh, man. That's fucking cool. That is, that is, that's that super bad. Yeah. Yeah. I love I'd like that. To thank show. our Patreons. I yeah. always like the what? Patreons. It really is. Let's see here. Wait. We uh, the reason that you guys were coming into Patreon season. So <laughs> there's a certain time of the year where Cleveland Moto Podcast gets spendy, and this is it. Uh, we're building up a bank account right now for AMA Vintage Days, and we did good last year. We need something stupid to spend some Patreon money. Like, what's the... Well, the biggest thing is the RV passes. Yo, yeah. So- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean... So the RV passes, they do get a little hostile. Uh, this year, yeah, they it's definitely... ridiculous this year. It's, it is. Yeah. It went up a bit. So the RV passes got a little hostile. The booth, I'm debating whether or not we're going to be able to just do one booth for the swap meet because we do have a lot of stuff. Tom has been dancing around the mid Ohio pile <sighs> and the mid Ohio pile. Will gets- this be Tom's first mid Ohio? Yes, it will be. Yeah. We were talking about that before you guys got it. It will be. I ver- wait, wait, Wow. He doesn't oh, understand. He doesn't. He thinks that because he went to band camp for 20 years, well, he has and, an idea and, and, of what mid-Ohio And Barber, no less. Yeah, but that nothing, nothing, that, none of that is relevant. That's what? like, I've been to Pizza Hut, so I've been to Italy. Oh. You know what I mean? Like, we've got, we have managed. Oh, God. We have amassed a fleet of shit boxes. Nice. I mean. Oh, of, yeah. No, that, the, the entire the back room is shit boxes. We we're gonna have to put at least a week, and I mean a week prior to vintage days, making shit run. (laughs) The herpetitis (laughs) will be strong in this booth. Good news is though, we got some good titles, which we don't normally have. Yeah, yeah. We've got some good titles. So I've been really decent about only shaking the trees that have titled bikes in them. Uh so we've we've picked up some real scraps, but I think that these are gonna be perfect for mid-Ohio. A big shout out to Phil and Renee for getting me a replacement title for the <sighs> mouse eaten one. Had to run the long con. Go that back was to the <laughs> original owner who had to go back. And yeah, there had to be some bounty money, which I got to yep. pony up some bounty money, but yeah. it happened. I'm very impressed. It, in state and I, think, of, yeah. I think Renee deserves some Blackbird Bakery. I want to get that. Date. Renee, yeah, those, she likes those chocolate chip cookies with the salt <laughs> on the bottom. Oh, she looks like the raspberry jammers. Before. She does like oh, those yeah. too, yeah. What's funny is... Uh, in Ohio, titles are very tough. It's very hard in Ohio if you do not have a title to get a title. And in this particular situation, John had a title for a while. <laughs> and then the mouse had a title. <laughs> the bucket traps out there, it's just collecting them. <laughs> you mean the, the, the no recovery swimming pool? Yeah, splash another one. <laughs> so satisfying. It's like the carp at the Linesville speed spillway where the ducks are walking on the mice's back. There's so many mice well, floating. I, I set it to first. I put it, set it up, and yeah. all of a sudden the peanut butter was gone, and there were no mice. I'm oh. like, what happened? And well, like the trap door had gotten stuck. Oh, it hung up just enough. Yeah, but yeah. now that it's working, it's working great, dude. And to John's <laughs> point of using the the awful thing, yeah. My wife, we I got that one from you, but oh, of yeah. course my wife is not going to put anything in the bottom of it. No, right? she puts fruit in the bottom right. of it. So I've I've <laughs> physically watched her take three mice. 
walk out into the backyard and dump them. And I yeah. watched those fuckers they run, run back, right back. And they made it oh, back yeah. in the door before yeah. she got in. Oh, yeah. Wait, 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 fuckers. Ready? Ready? <laughs> yeah. My wife. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the trap we're talking about is a five gallon bucket with a walkway that goes up to the five gallon bucket and has the slide for life for the mice. It's really fun. It's oh, a yeah. load of fun, they and they get to take a nice little trip whoop, right down to the five gallon bucket. <laughs> and if you put about I don't know six inches of water in there, well, they get to have a little spa session. You yeah, know, they but get John to, used you used motor oil. Then. It doesn't <laughs> matter what you use. You could use Prestone because they go out stupid. <laughs> You could use water. They last longer. It's a longer fight. You could use bourbon. You could use bourbon and just make them all happy. Right. It doesn't matter. But the point is, if you, what I did learn is if you use nothing. Yeah. If you use nothing. Because when I put them out, Dr. Waters was like, you are not going to put water in the bottom of those right. buckets. Same with my wife. Yep. She's like, nope. You're going to live catch them. And then you're going to take them and distribute them somewhere. Get which re- again. Rehabilitate them. <laughs> You know what's funny? Now look, you're not going to do this again. <laughs> I don't want this happening Maybe ever stop again. Stop breeding. So, but here's the funny part. So my wife kept taking these fucking mice out, yeah, right? Yeah. But then we finally opened and we let the cats into the house. Yeah. Well, now there's no more mice. Right. Because, you know, all her saved mice got eaten by cats. Of course. So she got to walk in the room and saw yeah. these two cats playing volleyball oh, with yeah. this fucking mouse. They're like, whoosh. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> That's how you know that a cat is a supreme killing machine. Yeah. Because my cat will find a mouse in the basement. I have mouse traps in the basement. Yeah. He will get a mouse before the mouse gets to the trap mm. and he will car- cart it around the house in his mouth like it's a little baby cat or whatever. And he'll cart it around the house and he'll tour it the house. He'll be like, Oh, this, look at this room and look at that room. <laughs> and he'll just play with it mm. and he'll bat it and it'll, and it'll get it again. He'll bat it and get it again. And I come home and I'm like, are you going to kill that fucking thing or what? But he will not. He wants to stretch out the enjoyment to the yeah, mouse. Yeah. He has They're no sadistic display. little fuckers, man. Well, he's not hungry enough. <laughs> I don't know about the killing machine. I mean, have you seen a mouse? Yeah, I have. It's not really hard to kill a no, mouse. No, they're not. And it's not really hard to even catch a mouse. No. Like I've, I, I, won't say I get it. I get it. But yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, so like, but yeah, I'm I saying mean, that you want to impress me, take down a caribou or something like that. The fact that you're running around here just killing little mouse. <laughs> I don't know. A cat just fucking sinking his teeth into a caribou. Like, Look, ah. the, the eagles in my, like in my backyard now, we're getting the eagles well, popping in. action or something. The eagles are popping in. <laughs> And the squirrels are fucked. Like the squirrels used to be like, this is, you know, Nirvana for us. The squirrels in Avon Lake were just, we could just crossbreed and do all kinds of crazy stuff. We are squirrels. We're at the top of our game. And there was only one or two red hawks that would show up and do their job, but eh, not too much. We now, the bald eagles have moved in. And now that the bald eagles have moved in, the squirrels are fucking nervous. Like you'll see a squirrel. They don't go any near anything that casts a shadow. Like the squirrels will see a shadow move and they will just disappear. They're just (laughs) gone. But I have seen the bald eels come down and take like numerous. But what's fun is all the people that live in my neighborhood are starting to get these punk rock vests for their dogs. So these dogs are wearing bondage gear. So uh, the dog's got a vest on with big 21 inch Liberty spikes on it. Chain mail. <laughs> it's got these big plastic punk rock spikes coming out of the vest so that Fluffy can go out and use the yard without the golden eagles proving how great America is against your chihuahua. <laughs> and it's like, remember the Alamo sometimes where you see an eagle flying away in my neighborhood. You'll see an eagle with a giant fish in its mouth. 
you'll see an eagle with a, you know, a bunny in its mouth and that kind of thing. I'm waiting to see the, you know, the Shih Tzu just disappear. <laughs> as long as that Shih Tzu is listening to GBH, it's fine. <laughs> it's, it's funny as hell. But anywho, uh, wanted to talk for a second because today was a big moment for us. We are going to pimp yet again the Distinguished Gentleman's Ride. Why? Because I keep getting email. Here's the rule, guys. If you read the DGR's website, it says very clearly what kind of motorcycle you should ride. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm going to pull it up so people can see it. All right. If your motorcycle does not... Form to its style guide because yes, they do call it the Distinguished Gentleman's Style Guide, and I'll pull it up so everybody can see the fucking thing. If your motorcycle does not conform to the style guide, we are told as organizers of Moto or uh, DGR people who are running the event, we are told to invite the person to ride at the back of the ride. Okay. Now. That probably works just about everywhere, but I'm not going to do that. Okay. Uh, they have a style guide and their style guide defines cafe racer. It does defines Janice. Yeah. I was about to say <laughs> Smith, the one, the one idiot it out clearly, there. Clearly it might as well say Chris Smith. where it says classic. It might as well just say Janice. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. should just say Halcyon. Uh, there's no question that I, their style guide. I like that some of our more modern or less not vintage bike guys. Right. Yeah. We're doing a lot of the um, traffic. Yes. You know, they were helping traffic. With- right. Exactly. A uh, safety patrol. Safety. Patrol. Safety patrol is a good way to put it. Okay. So what's funny is as this event has progressed over the years, they have now opened up some different classes that didn't exist before. Triumph sponsorship. Modern classic. <laughs> hmm. Looks a lot like a Thruxton. Uh, okay. Modern classic. And then chopper. So chopper exists now. So chopper is a class. So you can have a chopper in your uh, DGR thing. And then, of course, you can have a brat and you can have a, uh, what is that? Uh, what's that one called? The uh, commander? The, the Triumph the triumph Bobber? Uh, yeah, what about a it's scram- called the Bobber. What right? about a scrambler? Well, yeah, yeah, you can have you can have a scrambler. So the bobber might as well have the Triumph logo on the gas tank as yeah, well. Jesus Christ, dude! <laughs> it's they it's pretty strong. The, yeah, fuck. Right, and then you've got your tracker, which or, also yeah. has a Triumph motor, which also, <laughs> <laughs> and then the scooter. Yeah, with no front fender. No, you don't need that. <laughs> you don't need that. It's a racing one. <gasps> okay, so here's the thing, guys. Mm. I have got the tracker. There's one more. What's that? What's below it? A sidecar. Oh, okay. scrambler. Right? Oh, they got them all? They got them all. Oh, there you okay, go. Okay, sidecar oh, scrambler. Have the scrambler. <laughs> Another time. Modern classic electric. Who's that for? Anyone? No. Anyone? Oh, maybe the guy that was at the fuel show that took the 1911 Indian and... And, and put an electric in it? And they're trying to entice him. So. I love this, that there's a class for modern classic electric. Well, I think in some of the bigger cities, though, there yeah. are guys electrifying like CB350 and shit like that. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to give you the Cleveland Moto DGR Phil Waters Unky Phil if you're nasty rule. If your motorcycle is modern, the more modern and not DGR-ish your motorcycle is, the more spectacular your attire should be. Yeah, right. Right. So if you're riding a Hayabusa, 
I don't want you out there in anything less than a tux with tails. Right? Fair enough. If you're riding a modern motorcycle, you should have what should be construed as a costume. Not just the suit and tie you wear to Sunday dinner. Because a lot of people do wear the suit and tie they wear to Sunday dinner. They look fine. They look great. They look dapper. But it's not really a costume. It's just what they look like when they're going to court. If you're my friends. <laughs> you guys are leading with the with judge. <laughs> Actually, like Wayne shows up one time and I'm like, well, you've only worn that shirt to <laughs> that suit twice. Yeah. Funeral court. Yeah. That's it. Divorce. Divorce. Yeah. <laughs> so there's my rule. My rule is if the motorcycle's modern, the less your motorcycle is ye oldie timey. Yeah. Chris could go there wearing a space suit if he's on the Janus. <laughs> He could literally wear Jenkos on the Janus and right. balance it out because yeah. the Janus is the definition of an entire class that they have on their website, yeah. right? The Janus is the most distinguished classic motorcycle that will show up at this event. It it, it absolutely is. Wait, look at the classic says a rare... What is it? A rare gem that's 35 years old. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That classic is like 135 years old. I know, the one they've got in the pictures. (laughs) Look, it's an artist interpretation. I get it. I totally understand. And they're still giving their homage to Triumph there as, you know, principal sponsors, et cetera. But what I would like to say is consult your local DGR. That's fine if you're not sure about the rules. One, be cool. Two, dress up. You know, don't show up with the shit you normally wear riding. I got to say, that's one thing I love about our Cleveland group that shows up. Everybody, women, ladies, children, everybody who shows up completely participates in it. And everybody there is there to have a really fun time and and to see our friends that we only see a couple of times a year. So it's super cool. We're very happy about it. Um, I'm couldn't be, couldn't be more happy about the way ours goes off. It's Sunday the 21st everywhere. That's just where it is. Um, you have to go online. If you want to learn about it, you have to register. So don't just ruck up at the place. Don't just be like, oh, I, I talked to Larry who talked to Bill who talked to Dave and told us that the meeting point is wherever. No, don't just fucking show up. The reason they want you to register is not because they're trying to get money out of you. It is goddamn free. Certain cities have put a minimum in it. So like certain cities like LA where they have way too many people participating, you've got to raise 25 bucks or whatever to participate because they have too many people doing it. Once you get over 150 people, it becomes impossible to get that group through the city. If you've ever led a ride, if you've ever done a group ride, anything over 150 people is straight up. You are going to have to have the police involved. They're going to have to shut the intersection down for a bit to get through. We keep our ride under 150 because historically speaking, that's what we can get through a series of red lights Mm -hmm. and still keep the group together. Uh, We lay the route out. So it's all right hand turns. You know, we lay the route out so that at any point, if you fuck up, it's very obvious where we're going to be having our next point to get our shit together again. And we're going to be staying there for 35, 45 minutes. So if your bike blows up, um, our local triumph dealer is going to be providing a chase van this year. So that's great. Uh, so they're, they're donating their time and their, their They'll vehicle. Be able to pick up all the triumphs. And- <laughs> I will be very curious to see what ends up in the back of the van. Cause every year I'm like, Oh boy, <laughs> hope it's not one of mine. <laughs> Because <laughs> you don't want to be that guy. You don't be like, oh, there, yeah. there's some dudes that show up 
with the yeah. same rat shitty bike they oh, yeah. had. They oh, only yeah. ride it once a year. Yeah. Like the brakes were out in '86, and they still haven't fixed the brakes and shit like that. Like I'm surprised at some of the bikes that actually. Make the it. one year Renee was running Chase in the Tundra. Yeah. Renee was running Chase in the Tundra. We left out of Porco. A guy broke down thirty feet from Porco. Yeah. And Renee was like, "What the fuck?" Well, you know that the time of putting that bike in the back of the truck. I was like, you shouldn't have put the bike in the back of the truck. You should have just rolled it back to fucking Porco. Porco, yeah, done. You're there. You're done. Your event's over. Maybe he gets in the truck. That's fine. But the time it took them to put the bike in the back of the truck, they'd lost complete hope of. Yeah. And by the time they got to the next breakdown and the next breakdown, we had a Versa Hall on the back of the truck so that we could do three bikes. So we were allowed to have three breakdowns. And by the time we got to our destination, we had three breakdowns and two that were still out there on the road that needed rescued. So I hope that this this event used to be in late, late, late September. The bikes usually ran pretty good by then. May 21st is anybody's fucking bet. So May 21st is pretty early in the year. I hope your shit's dialed. Yeah. You know, if not, you'll get in the back of the Triumph fan. <laughs> And they'll sell you a new bike by the time you get to the next destination. You work your way into some kind of a cool Thruxton or something. Uh, get a Tiger. <laughs> I hear they're great. So that's it. Anybody got anything else? Fuck it. That's yeah. a podcast. Yeah. Uh, not joking. We do miss you, Oscar. Yeah. Fucking God damn it. I hope you're having a good time because we miss you over here. Back here in Cleveland. Was, we miss uh, you real here, bad. Here, here, here. Uh, yeah. On Tuesday, I, I had another year around the thing. And so all the people were saying, hey, happy year around the thing. Right. And yeah. Oscar put it on there. And I was the one I was like, Oh, Oscar. Oscar. <laughs> oh. That is a solid gold cat right yeah, there. Yeah, I think an Oscar's uh, SSR, I found it. It's in the garage out at Oberlin. I'm like, oh. That's Oscar's bike. That's yeah. it's the orange one. He probably well, yeah. needs a new lever on it or something. <laughs> I'm going to start whipping that trick. <laughs> well, I have a box of levers at the shop. Yeah. yeah, we should be. Those bikes should all be dialed in. And I've decided I am going to take my screws out for middle. <laughs> I was going to leave my ice screws in just and just take run it. Dude, take Oscar's how bike. much? How much? Listen, for the amount of time that you guys have in those tires. Yeah. How much is two wheels from SSR? It's not that bad. I think you'd do yeah, that better. It's not that bad. Like now, the, the reason I'm saying that yeah. is because we've ridden those bikes probably eight to yeah, ten times. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. not one fucking screw out of that tire. No, they're remarkable how good yeah. they hold in there. Like, and, yeah. and, and, and ask John. It seems a shame to take them out and put them back in. And yeah, right. the amount of traction. I've never had traction like that on the dirt. Ever. Ever. No, the Nothing. grip is the grip is insane. It is. Like the ice, they're not ice spikes. They're just the screws. Yeah. But the amount of grip that you get is but they're not line screwed. bending. The, the screws have teeth. Yeah, like, they're carbide. They're, yeah, yeah. You know, they're, they're, they're not just screws. It was screws. great the last time because the, it was just smooth, yeah. clean yeah. ice. That's the secret. And it was hooking up. It was yeah, yeah. Really that's good. the secret. We started getting pretty fast. Yeah. We were trying to, we, we couldn't get the back to slide no. though because it was fucking hooking No, so you much. can't get the back to slide. No. But I've watched where people are like, okay, well, try half as many screws. And then you can play with it a little more, right? Or you we just get, gotta have balls and you just have to stay in second gear at full throttle, maybe, yeah, or something like that. You can get the back to slide. The problem is getting it back. I, I was gonna yeah, say my yeah. problem with it was that the oh shit moment, the pucker factor moment, there was so much grip on the front end of the bike. Yeah. That as soon as I would try to fight to get something back, it was an over control situation. Yeah. Just take so, it all the way around. Oh fuck that, man. It's super scary. 
Ice hurts. Yeah, it does. <laughs> ice is really hard. It turns out grass is softer than yeah, ice is. Yeah, way softer. And you need that inflatable suit for the ice racing. Yeah. Yeah, because then you look like Santa Claus when you crash, The only too. good part about ice, Seasonal. though, if you crash on it, you're already on ice, so you just stay there and it just... <laughs> <laughs> Reduces the swelling. Don't get up. Don't get up. Just stay right I'm going to lay on the sore spot for an hour or just so. Leave here for a while. <laughs> and the swelling will go down on its own. Yeah, that's, I mean, I know that I missed an outing last year or two, yeah. but I'm glad that we didn't have the kind of fucking ferocious winter that we had. Yeah. Had to go out and have our fun. That on, That's the only way we could have fun. Yeah. So I'm happy that it worked out better for us that way. Tom, you got anything? I have nothing.